So I would say that the biggest mistake in people getting recruited is that they go somewhere where they want to go instead of going somewhere where they're wanted. And, that, and that's, a, that's, a big, that's a big deal to me. Holland went to Sam Jack Junior College out of high school and then committed to TCU for this upcoming year. As time passed because of the transfer portal, Holland had the opportunity to go where he felt was home. And now will be a Razorback this upcoming fall. Swing and a miss, and Eckhart gets out of it. I never saw the end in sight. Fools are kind of blind. Thought everything was going all right. But I was running out of time. Yo, what is up, everybody? It is time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, my partners from crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers, and guys, we got a good one. It's episode 30 titled Loading the Hog Pen, because tonight we got Arkansas baseball superstars Cody Adcock and Hunter Holland both joining us. They're going to talk about their journeys, journeys which are very similar in regards to not fully committing to Arkansas, but going the roundabout approach. But inevitably, they're both there now, and they're going to tell us their stories and how they got there. And Guys, I'm ready to get to it, so help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, our man, University of Arkansas baseball stars, Cody Adcock and Hunter Howard. Cody, Hunter, how are we doing tonight? Doing good. How are you? Man, we are blessed. You know, we love talking baseball. We've been hitting the rounds. We've been hitting Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, you know, but we hadn't hit Arkansas in a while, and it's about it's about that time. So uh, we're pretty stoked, man. Obviously, big expectations, but we're going to get your story and everything before we get into that. But we're going to start with a little icebreaker, you know. And I'm going to start with you, Cody, man. So for a guy who came from Ole Miss and is now at Arkansas, what was it like watching that game on Saturday? I'm going to be completely honest with you. I didn't watch a single play of that game. What? I didn't watch a single play. Well, all right, you didn't watch a single play. You know, it makes me wonder, were you the guy who stole the Ole Miss player's helmet, and is that why? I didn't, steal the, I didn't steal the helmet. That was kind of funny. Did, <laughs> did, did they catch that guy? Yeah. Well, you know, you're right here, so clearly not. And that's why you didn't see the game. Like you went I'm on the run. Went the- I'm on the run. <laughs> no, I did. I was. I did keep up. I saw it on Snapchat. A few guys posted it, but I mean, I'm. I'm, I'm glad we got a win. We needed that. So you're a baseball player, not a good team in Ole Miss. So you're a baseball player, not a football player. So, but let's put it in baseball terms. If a dude runs out there and snatches, you know, your glove, like, are you chasing him up the up the stairs? What's what's happening? Yeah, I would say I would say there's a good chance that I follow him up those stairs. What about like, you, Hunter? This question know. was for him, but oh, Hunter, no, you I'm you? getting after him for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, you weren't there for it. You aren't the one that stole it, but I, I assume, you know, there was a lot of fun around campus after that for you, huh, Cody? Um, I was I was actually with my girlfriend at the time. Uh, I don't even remember what we were doing, but... <laughs> Netflix and yeah. chill? No, I'm just kidding. 
probably something like that honestly <laughs> this, is, this is a family show guys uh you know it is what it is i didn't say anything too off top all right well hunter since you know he wasn't at the football game and just killed my opening question we're gonna move to you and i noticed on social media man um you do some duck hunting and so my question for you is man navigating fall ball and everything have you been hunting yet no i haven't been able to get uh in the duck woods yet but i did go to uh Scott took Oklahoma. It's uh, I think it's east of Tulsa last weekend. and got to go hunting with Parker Rowland. He transferred from Eastern um, to Arkansas this past year. He became good buddies. So I went hunting with him, but that's the only time that I've gotten to go hunting so far. But just got back home for Thanksgiving break, and uh, I'll probably my first hunt will probably be Thursday morning. So that, that was going to be my next question, and and with that, I mean. Do you get a now that like you know the fall ball is over? Do you get a lot of time in hunting before it gets all kicked up for spring? Oh yeah, when I I'll definitely be be <laughs> hunting and then uh, go get throwing and workout in and then probably go back hunting for sure. So Daniel asked our last guest uh, Alex Malazzo about you know him duck hunting. He was a big duck hunter and talking about you know cooking his. Do you marinate yours and cook yours yourself as well? Oh, I just do the hunt, and I like the mamas and grandmas do the cooking. Hey, that's a, Daniel. He does it the smarter way. I don't want to do the cooking just to kill him. No, yeah. I'm good. I don't need to cook it if I'm going to get it. No doubt. So let's <laughs> get right. into y'all's backstory. Cody, I'm going to start with you, man. You know, where are you from? I'm from Texarkana, Arkansas. It's uh, not too far from Hunter, actually. But, uh, yeah, this is where I was born and raised. I hear you. And so for... with that, oh, you know, yeah. well, yeah, now I was to ask, you know, all right. So, you know, obviously, you know, smaller town, you know, uh, what was the family dynamics like? You got siblings, mom and dad in the house. What was up? Yeah. So uh, my parents have been married for 27 years or so. Um, and I got an older brother and he played division two baseball at Harding University. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's a division two school in Searcy. Arkansas but uh yeah I mean growing up that's me and my brother just played baseball outside we got a little brother too he's a few years younger than both of us I think he's a freshman this year in high school so is he is he playing yeah. baseball too he, he is he too? is he's the most athletic of us I think oh but really I don't know Maybe I don't know if he's gonna be bigger than me so as the middle doesn't take much <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as the middle brother, you know, what what's that like, man? Like you're learning from older brother, but you're probably teaching younger brother. Like, you know, is it is it difficult navigating being that middle brother? Um, I wouldn't say it's difficult being the the middle brother, but uh my brother my older brother did make it kind of hard. He was the perfect child, you know. So yeah. I, I I had to be perfect, but that didn't happen. <laughs> um Do you have better yeah, hair than uh, him? Do what? You have better hair than him? Because you got good hair flow. Oh, yeah. I got the best hair for sure. There you go. <laughs> hey, you should see uh, Jackson Wiggins. His hair is – he's got the best hair. But uh, Arkansas, yeah. We, we're going to get into that. That's actually something we're going to get into a little later. We, but Arkansas definitely has no problem with the hair flow. So, you know, growing up, we always like to know, you know, did you have a, fa a favorite athlete growing up, anybody that inspired you, whether it was a college or pro baseball player? Um, you know, growing up, I kind of watched Vandy baseball because they were like, oh, I don't know, the best God. at the time. 
Oh. Anyways, anyways. So they had a guy named Carson Fulmer, and I really liked the way he carried himself on the mound. He's a stud. He's a stud, but full transparency now. We got to know, because there's actually a rule on this show. We've actually had the opportunity at Vandy and Florida guests. The three of us unanimously do not like Florida of Vandy, therefore we do not have Florida of Vandy guests. Cody, would you have gone to Vanderbilt had they offered you out of high school? Probably not. Okay, thank gosh. Uh, I was going to say, man, we might cancel this whole episode. <laughs> Probably not. All right. So, probably pretty that, expensive to go there, and you got to be pretty smart. And I'm not, I don't have the money, and I'm not very <laughs> smart. So, hey, call it like it is. I like it. I like honesty. So, uh, with that, where did you go to high school at? I went to Arkansas High School, which everyone calls it Texarkana High School, but that's not what it is. It's called Arkansas High School. So you've been our, a Razorback your whole school, life? You what? You've been a Razorback your whole life? Yeah, my high school is the Razorbacks, and it was actually the first Razorbacks before the university. That is so. weird that the high school is just named Arkansas. So, but obviously you uh obviously ending up where you are now, and we'll get into that. That's kind of that's kind of unique and maybe meant to be. But you know, looking up your stats in high school, you were eight and four with a 1.57 ERA. In 34 high school appearances. I'm also assuming you played travel ball, right? Yes, sir, I did. I played did you play the, travel ball for Arkansas Sticks. Okay. So, you know, between uh you, your success in high school and travel ball, you know, um, when did you start getting recruited by colleges? Um, the summer going into my junior year. Uh I kind of hit a little growth spurt there at the end of my sophomore year. And grew a little bit, put on some weight, and then I started throwing hard that summer. Uh, and I I went to a to a camp at Sam Houston State. I had no idea I was like any good, really. And then I just hit ninety out of nowhere. They offered me, and then a couple of weeks later, I played in Georgia, and I, Arkansas offered me, and then a couple of weeks later, Ole Miss offered me. So that's how that went. So you got multiple schools, multiple offers. What is it that made you choose Ole Miss ultimately? So Arkansas offered me, and uh, what's the pitching coach's name? He's at LSU now, I think. Wes Johnson. I was fixing. Uh, yeah, I was. West I knew Johnson. that. I, I wouldn't have known the answer until you said that. Yeah, Wes Johnson was the coach at Arkansas, and he offered me. And I want to say it was like three days later he got a new job with whatever MLB team he went to. So I was just kind of like – Well, we got our pitching coach from the Twins, so that might have been where he obviously landed. Yes, yes, the Twins, the Twins. That sounds right. So, Hunter, we're going to move over to you, my man. Tell us where are you from? I'm from a small town called Longview in Northeast Texas, and it's uh, I'm south of Cody about an hour and a half. So this little small town grew up on some land here. Um, grandparents live 50 yards from me, and uh, always been been some work doing hay in the summers and feeding it in the in the winters. So I, I loved it. I love how I grew up. No, absolutely. So you mentioned the kind of the grandparents living close. The same question is, what's the family dynamic? Mom, dad, brothers, and sisters. What you got going on there? Yep, mom, mom, dad been married twenty seven years, like Cody, and then uh, I have an older sister. She's 
she was way better than I ever will be. She went uh, 49 and one in high school as a pitcher and she ended up going, she ended up tearing her ACL senior night of her senior year, ended up going to SAU and kind of didn't really help her get back. And then she ended up transferring to TJC, came back from her knee and like had ulnar nerve surgery and then had thoracic outlet syndrome when she came back from that. So now she's a biochemistry major and she is the head softball coach at a, uh, 3A school up the road. Most excellent. I got a 14-year-old that's in softball. I'll be hollering at you, Hunter. Oh, yeah. Come on. Come on. So, same kind of question we asked. Did you have a favorite athlete growing up that you kind of mimicked your game after that you wanted to play like? Uh, I mean, I've always had, you know, players. I never had, like, a team. I always had, like, certain players from each team that I, I really liked. And for, I, I say growing up, my favorite to watch or kind of like I mimicked uh, was Chris Sell. But uh, now getting a little older, I'm I'm I like little Clayton Kershaw and a little Josh Hader, kind of like a mix between the two. I think uh, I think they're pretty pretty sick. No, there's no doubt. Underrated name, Chris Sale doesn't get brought up enough with his with his studliness. Yep, yep. So you said you mentioned where you grew up and everything. Where did you go to high school in Longview? Yep. I, so I went to Hallsville um, K through about this time of my junior year and then I moved to Spring Hill and graduated from Spring Hill in Longview. That's how you know he went to that small town, Randy. I mean, he he went to kindergarten to high school at the same spot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that we were researching for this is that uh, you're a former high school competitor of now teammate Hagen Smith. Did you guys ever square off against each other in high school? We never, we never towed the rubber against each other, but, um, I did tell the rubber against Colton Bowman. He was at Oklahoma State. And uh, he – and that was my sophomore year – no, my junior year, um, one of my first games at Spring Hill. And uh, I think we ended up winning. But, no, I never got to – I never got to pitch against Hagan. He was – he had Tommy John that year, so he didn't get to pitch. Oh, he got lucky. He didn't have to face you, huh? He got lucky. That's right. So originally, you know, looking this stuff up, you originally commit to A&M as a sophomore in high school, sign with the Aggies, but you end up obviously at, how do you say this? Is it San Jacinto? How do you say it? San Jack, San, San Jacinto, yeah. That's what we're going to call it. San Jacinto. College rosters, obviously, swell. coronavirus shortened season. We don't have to go through all that. And we've talked to a, a lot of guys on here about that COVID season, some guys it was obviously devastating for, and then some guys that actually helped. But kind of walk us through that process and what it was like signing there and then not being able to live out that part of the Texas A&M, the plan. Yeah, yeah. I know it was definitely tough uh, for me and the family because, you know, we kind of we kind of joined the cult in three years being committed there, going to football games, you know, and falling in love with it. But – uh no, getting that phone call um, from Justin Sealy was probably one of the best things that happened to me because not not because, you know, A&M wasn't a good place or anything, but um, he just kind of gave me the option, hey, you can either come here and we have seven left-handed pitchers coming back because of the five-round draft, and uh, or you can go to a junior college and get experience. And me, man, I just wanted to go play, and I wanted to go play somewhere where I was going to live. So um, going to San Jack and – uh, well, after that phone call, Ray DeLeon, uh, that's who I played with growing up was the, or my, in high school was the uh, Banditos. And he got me a phone number with Coach Weaver from San Jack and Coach Weaver got me in contact with Woody Williams. And that was, that was all she wrote. Woody Williams was, he's the greatest guy I ever met. Woody Williams is, is a legend, legend definitely in that, in the game. So 
I want to ask you too. We ask a lot of guests this. Do you think what got you more exposure? Because you kind of mentioned who you played for. Was it your travel team or your high school team or a combination of both that got you noticed by colleges? Uh, travel team, hundred percent. That's pretty. I think that's the the standard answer, don't you think, Jim? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, we we live in an area where DeSoto Central wins state championship after state championship, and every one of those guys has said it's been where they've played summer travel ball at. They got them noticed no matter how many championships they've won. Yeah, I think it's just hard for – I think it's hard for um, colleges to go out, you know, to a high school when they might have one good player, you know. it's But when they go to a summer league, you know, they can go to a team that's really good and they can watch nine pretty good players to go have a better chance to recruit off of. So. But, I will, but I will say this, Randy. I have only seen scouts at one high school game, and it was their teammate – when Hunter Elliott, who's now at Ole Miss, faced off against Brady Tiger, um, they came to that game. There was eight of them, and that ended up being the best game they could have ever been at as that was the best high school pitching duel I've ever seen. So that one they came to, and obviously it was worth it because you had two guys who were just absolutely dominant. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But, Hunter, to your point, though, you know, you see a lot, of, especially when you have the showcase tournaments as you get older. I mean, that's literally what they're there for, but – so you're taken by the Milwaukee Brewers in the 15th round of the 2021 MLB draft. Did you ever consider taking that offer? Yeah, man, I got, I got, um, I got a really good offer, and I got offered third round money in the 15th round, but it kind of worked out to where it wasn't quite where I wanted it to be, and uh, and it was one of those things where I knew I, I wanted, I knew I was close to a velo jump or you know a progression to where. I could end up making a little bit more money and, um, you know, getting off on a, on a better foot, um, going into pro ball. So I was just kind of betting on myself, man. I was like, you know what, let's see if I can, uh, because I was going to go to TCU. I was like, let me go to TCU and see if, uh, you know, I get, get better sophomore year and then end up coming back junior year, you know, making, making some good jumps and making some money, but end up going to TCU and, uh, End up Friday before school started. Sarlos calls me and says some classes didn't transfer from San Jack, so I wasn't eligible. So that's why I ended up going back to San Jack and uh, did my sophomore season there. And then now here in Arkansas. Yeah, so at any point, you can be honest with us here, Hunter. At any point throughout this process, have you ever regretted your decision not taking the bag? I, I would say uh, – Kind of as soon as that phone call happened, I'm sitting in my truck thinking about, damn, I'm about to have to go back to San Jack where I have to buy my own practice pants. It was kind of like I could be in Arizona and Milwaukee Brewery here. But uh, not, it, it was probably for that, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And, but I, I saw the big picture. I saw, you know, life happens. I'm, I'm only 19, you know, so I knew it, I knew it wasn't over. And so um, I looked at it kind of from the big picture and I've always been that guy I looked at a, cup half full and stuff half empty so yeah man it's it's a it's a journey nonetheless but you know you're you guys are obviously kind of similar stories in in a sense but you know cody i want to get to you to you your journey started you at old miss obviously you 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 make the transition now you're you're a big dude you're you're out of college a big time college like old miss what are the emotions like when you first get to Ole Miss? Is it nervousness? Is it fear? Like, what's going on? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Whenever I first got to Ole Miss, I felt like I was 
not supposed to be where I was. I didn't feel like I was good enough to be there. Um, so whenever I first got there, I feel like I kind of pitched scared almost kind of walked, walked too many guys, uh, gave up a lot of hits whenever I was in the zone, just seemed like I couldn't really figure anything out in the, in the fall. And then I had one really good outing towards the end of the fall. I think I went a few innings and did really well. Uh, but whenever it, whenever I first started off, I was not I was not good out the gate. Well, I mean, you you ended up pitching nineteen and two thirds inning. I mean, that was an elite squad that twenty twenty one crew. Man, you know, even with what you're considering limited action, you know, with all the the vets that they had and all the the talent that they had you know what was the big takeaway from just that season alone um so my big takeaway from that season would be to definitely go out there and just be myself um so again like towards the beginning of the year I was for, I was getting used to there being a lot of people in the stands you know I was letting the nerves get to me Tour, uh, at the beginning, but uh, I eventually found myself and could actually play my own game out no matter how many fans were out there. Like that didn't get to me anymore. And I had a start in the SEC tournament against Arkansas. And I think I went like five innings, something like that, gave up two runs. And when after that outing, I was like, yeah, like I belong here. I'm I, I, like, I'm good enough to be here. Yeah, it's probably like a growing experience, but also this epiphany that you have that, man, I I was put on this team for a reason, and it wasn't because I wasn't capable or as talented. Um, would you say that that start in the, in the tournament, that was, was that your favorite experience at Ole Miss? I would say so. I think that's my favorite experience. Or uh, my best friend, Kemp Alderman, he had a home run. He had a walk off home run against LSU. Your boys on look, Sunday. No, look, we let, were down I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up because you know what? I'm gonna talk about that, Cody. I was there, and I actually told both of these cats that I enjoyed it because you had the McCants bomb. Um, I forgot who the other bomb was. Uh, but you know, y'all climbed back, and then I got to watch the Kemp Alderman walk off and. The students were really the only people left, so the shower still happened, and it was and it was cool. And I looked around and I said, "Ain't that a shame, man? All the fans are gone to miss this." But you know what? The student section still had the shower; it was still electric. And I told both these guys I wasn't even mad because it was cool to watch y'all come back from that. And then I went to talk to my LSU cats afterward, and they were like, "We got to go, man. We're in trouble." <laughs> and, and Cody, let me tell you, and that was the moment that Jim decided he was going to be a season ticket holder at Ole Miss. <laughs> Facts. Is that, is that true? No, not at all. But I am a season ticket holder at Ole Miss. Okay, it's, okay, okay. It's, so, it's, it's kind of so like it's kind of like you don't know where that helmet is or who took that helmet. Jim is not denying or confirming that was the, the moment no, he was no, like, okay. I got to be an Ole Miss fan. You said who is my team. I'm a diehard LSU fan, but I'm going to scroll. I'm going to pull this computer back oh, so you Lord. can see all those baseballs and you can even see the mississippi state championship cowbell 
I've got great relationships with guys on numerous teams. And so if they're not playing LSU, these guys will tell you, I got Tennessee gear. I got Arkansas gear. When I went to Omaha this year, I had y'all stuff on. Like I root for guys. I root for guys that I know. I won't root for y'all against LSU, but otherwise, but in that game, the the game of baseball, (laughs) it is cool to see a team come back from nine to one and hit multiple bombs. And then the way Swayze does the showers, like you just had to enjoy the moment for what it was. LSU still took the series, but for you guys, it was cool to see. For sure, for sure. That was probably my favorite game of the year. So who was, I, who was Daniel? I, I gotta ask him if you remember who hit the other McCants hit the hit the the three run bomb. Chatney hit one. Okay, yeah, because there was I mean that was the thing, Daniel. It was it was bombs on bombs on bombs. And like next thing you know, it's tied up and then Leatherwood's my boy, so I actually got mad in real time, Cody. I was like, dang, this Alderman cat, like, because you know, Alderman wasn't starting then. I was yeah. like, this Alderman cat's going to pinch it for Leatherwood, and then he hits that rocket, and I was like, well, okay, may- maybe Coach B knows what he's doing. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think a lot of people said that this year. Maybe Coach B knows what he's doing. <laughs> but, hey, um, Cody, so obviously. Did they? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know. You would hope so. You would hope. But, uh, Cody, anyhow, anyhow, Crowder obviously is where you your destination is next. How does how do they come into play, and how do you end up there? So I entered the portal, the transfer portal, on July 3rd, and the rule was you could only go D1 to D1 if you enter prior to July 1st. So – I would have had to get waived through the NCAA and they didn't waive me. So I couldn't go to Arkansas, but I did commit to Arkansas. Kind of, I guess. I mean, I was supposed to go there, but um, I ended up going to Crowder because I, I know I knew some guys that had played there and I knew they were always good. So I was like, all right, we're going to win. I'm going to get better. And I needed it. I needed the experience. And Daniel, and how you, often Daniel, how often do these guys say that JUCO helped make them better? People like to like look down upon JUCO, but we haven't had too many guys who didn't say JUCO didn't help them in their progression. I feel yeah. like in college baseball, though, it's not they don't look down on on JUCOs, though. That's where most of them come from, to be honest. At some point, I think I think what it, what they look down on is if you don't play. Like if you're the guy that's like, I just want to play. So whether that's Juco, Division Two, Division whatever. I want to play to better myself so that I'm honestly staying up to par with my my capabilities, but also pushing myself to know where I need to go. I think that's a a big, really a big deciding factor for schools to, you know, especially like like Cody. They're telling you Arkansas is telling you we want you, man, but the rules say we can't have you. So yeah. do this and then come back. So, like, that's a lot of, like, trust you're putting into a school. And, like, uh, we don't have to sugarcoat it. Like, there's a high turnover rate in every sport, especially now that this portal is what it is. So, like, before we get off of Crowder, like, when you go there, was there any, like, fear that they would go, uh, maybe we don't want you or maybe they would forget about you? Um, so whenever I first got to Crowder, uh, in Juco, you play like a fall season. And I think that was one of the, that was probably the best I've ever pitched was that fall season. 
and in the spring and I, and I signed with Arkansas in the fall. So after that, I wasn't really worried. So, but after in the spring, I didn't have that great of a year. I wasn't worried about like, are they going to cut me or are they going to take my money or whatever it was? Um, no, I really wasn't worried about that because I knew what I was capable of and it just didn't happen that way in the spring at Crowder. I didn't ha put up the numbers that I necessarily wanted to. So four and two and 14 games, obviously you, you felt as though you, you could have done better, but what, what was it that you were trying to accomplish in that, that spring season? You had already committed and you were already safe as far as having a place to go. So what was the goal for that spring season? I mean, obviously uh, I was trying to win a national championship, honestly. I mean, I, we, I thought we were good enough to win. Come on, and... bro. You ought to play us. <laughs> Y'all was out before us. Ooh. Oh, oh, well, anyway, nobody. Uh, he said, Y'all got you the, played the winner the twice. Bracket. We did too. No, <laughs> we just played them first. No, that was our first game. But, anyways, y'all started off with Central Arizona. Yes, Hunter, man, you can't. Hey, if your team exited first, man, you can't chime in like that. You just set yourself uh, up. We got, bro. We got, we got third my freshman year, and then this year, we just I start game one. I go five, like 10 Ks against McClendon. Game two, the guys at Texas, Chris Stewart, left-handed, 92-96, absolute dog, walks the first five batters in a row. They get a nine spot in the first. You can't come back from that in the World Series. Next game. Hunter, I want you to, I want you to hold that thought, man. We're gonna we're gonna get there because I, I want I wanna make sure that I get all all the story here from Cody and get all the facts on Crowder before we jump into to sand jack because i feel like there's a little bit of a little bit of you know drama that's building in this <laughs> episode with these two jucos but obviously you know you felt as though that the season could have went better but arkansas does come calling in the fall and it, it's it's a good you know situation for you to have already committed because you said yourself you didn't really have that great of a spring season the, the obviously with crowder the the expectation is you know, championship or nothing, which is pretty much where you're at with Arkansas now. Um, but at what point in the fall you was was it one game or one outing or they were just following up with a guy that they liked, but in the fall, what was it that Arkansas saw that they were like, yeah, Cody, sign here, man? So when I entered the portal, I called Caden Wallace. I don't know if y'all have had him on here before. But um, he's the third baseman at Arkansas last year. And I was like, hey, I'm in, I'm in the portal, like, talk to Coach Van Horn. And so apparent, apparently they talked, and the next day Van Horn called me and was like, hey, we want you. And I ended up not being able to go there because of the rules. So they were like, hey, we still want you, and we're going to send you the papers in the fall or in November, whenever that day is, so – that's how that worked out. I mean, it wasn't – They, I don't even know if they came and watched me in the fall, to be honest with you. Man, that's a, that's a lot of, like, good faith going on their, on their part, man. I think it's because I did decent against them in the, in the uh, SEC tournament the year before. Hey, that'll, Van that'll Horn, stick out. Yeah, Van Horn was a little better. He was like, man, if, if 
we can't beat that dude, then he can join us. I mean, a similar <laughs> story, Randy will tell you. I mean, Dolander pitching for Georgia Southern is what stuck out to Tony V to reach out to him. Uh, you know, so, hey, when you do good against that squad that you're coaching, hey, it's going to stand out in your mind. For sure. So, Hunter, now we get to, to talk on the flip side. San Jack. Uh, 10 and three as a freshman in 2021, a three zero eight ERA, 104 strikeouts. You walked just 17 and 73 innings of work. Would you say that your freshman year met all expectations or did you carry a chip on your shoulder because you weren't at A&M um, that season? Man, I think that, uh, I think I was just – but going into San Jack, you know, I get the phone call from A&M. I end up going to San Jack. Honestly, I'd go to San Jack, and I was – I would never went into San Jack thinking, oh, I'm about to pitch. I'm about to be the number one. I'm about to pitch every day because I went to San Jack hearing what everybody hears about San Jack, how good they're going to be, and uh, you always see the players coming out of San Jack. So, I, once I got there, solid competition especially, um, I was like, I was I was pumped with the year that I had because I pitched every week and uh, I just missed a couple of weeks from like a, a hip here and then like my back was hurt one week or something. But I was just blessed to be able to get on the mound every week uh, for most of the year. And I was I was excited about it. I mean, the, the excitement bled over from freshman year to sophomore season. You went nine and three, you know, three point five nine ERA, 96 more strikeouts, 28 walks and 80 in the third innings. Um, you know, doing the research, you know, you come across many articles of your success over those two seasons. Um, you know, a lot of the articles, you know, you you specifically cite Coach Williams as being like the big motivator and the big driving factor in that success. So talk to me about just the success you had in those two seasons and, and how big of a factor Coach Williams was in regards to that. Yeah, Woody, Woody was never uh... – at San Jack, he was never a guy that was going to sit there and, uh, you know, critique your mechanics or anything crazy like that. He was more of a guy that was going to be real personable with you and kind of he wanted to know he wanted to understand what you're thinking on the mound, like what goes through your head. How do you think about your attacking hitters? Um, he could he could look at you and tell if you're you're ready to go or for if something was bothering you or something like that. So, and uh, another thing that that stuck out to me and the the reason, I mean, he's more of a mentor than me than a, than a coach, especially now, of course, but he just, I've never, he was the first guy I met that said he was going to do something and he, he damn sure got it done. He, he, he would do it. And, uh, and that was the big leaguer inning for inning for sure. And he was, he was, he was definitely, definitely a huge part of where I'm at now. So, you know, very successful two seasons there. Obviously, the the opportunities come at you with, you know, TCU being your first commitment, but then you ultimately chose Arkansas. I got a, I got a couple questions. First question is, is was Texas A&M the original school that you were trying to go to? Was that ever a possibility? And then or was at that point, after two seasons, they had already passed by, and then it was just TCU or Arkansas. Yeah, I think since uh, I pretty much got a phone call that says I wasn't good enough to pitch there because they had seven guys coming back, it was more I want to face them and beat them than, than go play for them. So it was kind of – that was kind of out of the question for me. And um, a cool thing about it, the guy that gave me that phone call, um, he, he's made some – he's been – 
He's a great guy, Justin Sealy. He's been a been a great guy, and he's uh, texted me, told me congrats on some good seasons. But he's now at Oklahoma State, and so we play them over the weekend. So it'd be it'd be cool to get uh, beat them on Sunday at two thirty over the weekend. But, you just uh, got a fan in all three of us by saying you wanted to beat them instead of join them. You'll always get respect from us for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So then, so obviously, then you commit to TCU, but then switch to Arkansas. What what happened there, and then what inevitably made you switch over to Arkansas? Yeah, so um, with the school stuff that went down uh, after my freshman year, and I got on campus at TCU, and it was it it was tough for me and Sarlos both because I was looking forward to being there. He was looking forward to coaching me, and just because class some class didn't transfer, I ended up going back. So as soon as that phone call happened, I just told him, "Hey, I'm going to stay committed to you." Um, I hate it sucks has happened, um, but uh, I'm gonna go back to San Jack, play play this season, um, see how the draft ends up working out again. I would come back and play for you, and he was like, "Awesome." Um, whatever season goes by, we're about a month away from the draft. Uh, my Craig Rose, my advisor, kind of texted me saying, "Hey, um, since you committed the way that you did, you still haven't signed anything." And I kept telling Sarlos, "Hey, man, I need to sign something for the draft," and he just kind of uh, kind of just brush it off or he might have ignored me or something and I just ended up not getting papers before the draft and uh Craig was like hey where do you want to go Texas or Arkansas and I was like whoever gets me papers first and the next morning I, I was signed to Arkansas never never met a guy never seen the seen a facility never was an Arkansas fan but here we are challenge accepted by Arkansas they got those papers so fast um yep. we we obviously got both stories and your journeys on how you guys are where you're at. And really you're at the same point. You're at the same school fighting for the same thing. But before we got there, it was kind of this, you know, a little bit of a drama going on at the, at the Juco level. And Hunter, I want to get your take. I, you know, I think Cody knew this was coming, so he had to bounce off. So while, yeah. while he's getting back on, man, why was San Jack better than Crowder? That's what I need to know. Crowder was just a little soft. They didn't play nobody up there. They don't travel to play some competition, man. They don't play nobody. We got to – I'm just kidding. Crowder is good. They're, they're, they're head coach. He's a great guy. But uh, I had some I, – I played with Arkansas Sticks for a little bit, so I got to know all those, te those Texarkana boys, Jackson Cobb, you know, and uh, Ben Harmon. There's a bunch of guys from that area that I grew up playing with. So – uh and cody of course but then they all played at crowder so we never we we never got to play crowder unfortunately uh that would have been bad for him but uh as he's getting back on i hope you heard it yeah cody you, you know what man you used back just in time i heard i heard crowder was softer than charming tissue bro that is so not true that is Dawson. so not true soft he didn't play nobody. Yeah, didn't travel if it, if nowhere. It, if it ain't true, Cody, then why did you bounce off right when we asked Hunter the question? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Something happened with the internet. They didn't that's what, that's what that's what people will say. They make excuses yeah. when okay. it's always it was like wrong. that. Even your computer was scared of that question. Man. So all right. So we've been having this whole JUCO debate and everything. You know, Cody, let me get your thoughts before we start talking about Arkansas. You mean just explain why. For some guys, it's better to take the JUCO route than automatically just accept that big D1 offer at that big school. So, 
I think I think okay. JUCO makes you tougher. You don't want to go to JUCO because it's in a t- n- podunk town. You're, I mean, the education probably isn't the best. I mean, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> and it's not a good time. Like, usually it's not, it's not that great of a time looking at, from the outside in. Now, when you do go JUCO, you'll learn that there's a new level of, of hard work, in my opinion. Like our coach put us through the the hardest work workouts and running that I've ever done in my entire life at Crowder. And I think that made me so much tougher, like during the season, just just running and embracing the suck with the whole team, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like I said, we've we've had so many guests and and Juco has has made them better for it. I I don't think we've had a guest that didn't say Juco made them better going there and such big names. And and I think you guys will be the next game, next guys on the list, uh, you know, with success at Arkansas and the the journeys that y'all took. Um, but you know, let me ask you, Cody, as a guy who also was a part of the SEC before, and you know, you know what it's like to be a part of a program where Omaha is the expectation, and now you're at Arkansas, where it's no different than Ole Miss. But so far in your time there, what have you seen that's different about Arkansas from Ole Miss? Um, you know, I'm not gonna speak on the coaches at Ole Miss because I don't know how they're necessarily operating right now. You know, I mean, things change in over the years, but what I, what I have seen at Arkansas is at every single level at everything that we do, they demand greatness. And it's not necessarily them. Like I think us as a team, like we push each other to be better. I think we all, we are all on the same page with, with that and I think we just we just want to strive to get better every day and don't accept anything less than your best effort every single in every single thing we do yeah and I mean we can see that we talk to to all these guests and obviously we talk college baseball in general and Arkansas while they don't have that national championship you wouldn't know any different because Arkansas is just known for winning period it is the expectation it is what y'all do you got Van Horn who's a legend and so um obviously the most is expected from you guys but you know one thing I noticed is different I've been to the facilities of both and let's just keep it 100 Cody as nice as Ole Miss has got it Arkansas, man, their facilities are where it's at. I mean, just, just it talk, is. It just is talk better. about how they are. Yeah. It's better than Ole Miss. I, okay. Whenever I first got to Ole Miss, I was like, all right, like nothing gets better than this. There's no – like I thought it was the best thing ever. And then I get to Arkansas and I'm like, whoa, like it actually does get better than Ole Miss. Like it does. Yeah, whether you're talking about bomb in general or y'all's weight room or anything else in between, like, yeah, no, our, Arkansas is definitely – is definitely legit, you know. When you talk about <clears throat> stadium, obviously, Duty Noble is probably the most regarded. But I, I've seen their, I've seen their weight room and weight room and their hitting facilities. They're not as nice as what Arkansas's got. Arkansas has absolutely got it going on. So let's get into fall ball, though, man. Um, for you personally, you know, how have you looked? And you know, with that, there's always room for improvement. What do you feel like you need to improve upon the most? Um, yeah. So I felt like I had a pretty good fall this fall. Um. I think I really got a lot better over the summer 
because I was just working on the mound all the time. Um, I was and you, play, and you played summer ball league, right? I didn't. I was giving pitching lessons all summer, though. Okay. And I was doing these drills with these kids. And I really think that's where I got better. Like, that might sound crazy or whatever, but I really think that's how I got so much better. Daniel, you were a pitching coach. Can can you see that? Yeah, of course. I mean, you, you got to want it first. And then once you want it, like, you can really you you really have to self govern yourself if that's what you want then go get it but yeah I I can definitely see that sure yeah so that's a that's an interesting take man no doubt Cody one of those things that I never thought about man just coaching and working with other kids um you know you think about all the things that that you need to do and you're teaching it to them and passing it along um but you know you brought up LSU earlier and and you know this is my last question I got for you I got I gotta know are you ready to head down to Alex box where you're going to be facing Tommy white, Paul Skeens, Dylan Cruz, <laughs> Brain. Are Joe they Bear. ready? <laughs> they, they're absolutely ready. I mean, Cody, I'm I ready. You, I don't know. I want you to be That's who you I ready? want. You're ready for that lineup in Baton Rouge. Yeah. I'm ready for it. I don't know that. Well, I hey, hey, I, and I know there, and I, and I, this is the, this is what I like about this is they're ready for it and I'm ready for it. So let's go. I mean, let's, let, let's keep it real. The SEC West is just – it's going to be a freaking gauntlet. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. If so, you had something, Daniel, what would you have, Daniel? No, I was just going to say, what did you think his answer to that question was going to be? No, man, I surely right. hope right. that gets canceled. Yeah. No, I mean, got, I mean, he should keep it honest. He should, keep it, he should keep it honest. I mean, he don't want none of that lineup. He's lying. <laughs> um, I, you know what, man, Cody? I wish nothing but the best of every guest. But I'm, I, you know, I'm gonna need to see Tommy or or Dylan or or Braden. Just you know, maybe take you yard. Just for see, fun, you just named three. You just named three. I can name nine in our lineup that they got to worry about. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's, we didn't, that's big, we didn't, that's big we, facts. We, hold, yeah, y'all, we, y'all do have a potent lineup. I, I only named three. We didn't go there. Jay Johnson got the hardest job in America. He's got to find a way to get 18 down to nine. But this ain't, an LSU, this ain't an LSU episode. But It's I not mean, an LSU episode. Way to make it one, Jim. What LSU needs to do is learn how to play defense and not make so many errors. But anyway, we're moving on. Oh, my. Hunter, you did not. Yeah, we did. They led the SEC in airs last year. Hey, hey, LSU. Expectations. No, 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 no. I heard LSU baseball just the Tennessee football. Tennessee. LSU needs to worry about Tennessee. What'd you say? You heard me. LSU baseball needs to worry about Hey, who was number one in fielding percentage last year? Probably Arkansas, huh? Probably Arkansas. It was like 987 I'm going to tell you that middle infield is gone, fellas. It is gone, but we got the Sand Jack shortstop. We got John Bolton. He's a dog, and Peyton Stovall's moving over to second. Hey, you, you asked about Cade Wallace. Jalen Battles is our dude and been on this show. Ain't nobody Jalen Battles. I don't care what anybody says. That's a lot to replace, but I think <laughs> – That is. Look, it Dave is. Van Horn's been doing it for a lot, lot longer than we've all been alive. Yeah. That is some big shoes to fill, though, for sure, in the middle. Ain't no doubt about it, man. So, listen, Hunter, let's go to you. Expectations, as we're talking about, you know, Arkansas, the expectations are always Omaha or bust. So obviously Arkansas is kind of seeking that elusive title. Everybody knows the history and and Dave Van Horn not getting, you know, what most what people thought he'd have multiple by now, including myself. So what is it like coming to a program that has those lofty expectations? Cause to me, listening to you talk, that doesn't even phase you. That's what you're that's what you went there for, right? Oh, for sure. And I think 
I think that, uh, man, I was blessed growing up, you know, summer ball, high school ball too. I was always on some pretty good teams that winning was like, winning was the only option, you know? So I think that in going to San Jack, you know, I mean, it's win or, you know, we <laughs> didn't have a good time the next day. So it was, uh, and everybody wanted to win. Everybody, everybody was good at San Jack. So now coming here, it's, it's nice being at a big school, you know, on the big stage where, we're, we are going to win and winning is winning is the only option. And uh, back to kind of what Cody was saying that they, a big part of that is that how they demand perfection. If it's not, if it's PFPs, if it's field and ground balls, if it's hitting BP, um, if it's, if it's throwing a bullpen, you do it with a certain, certain, you show up with a certain presence and you carry yourself a certain way, you know, and um, you do things a certain way because we, we, we know the end goal and we don't want to just go to Omaha. We want to win it. It's, it's not so much. We want to go to Omaha anymore. It's like, Hey, we got to win. We got to win it this year. So no, it's, it's definitely cool. Absolutely. So tell me, how have you personally, how have you looked in the fall and um, you know, what is it something you want to improve on from fall to spring? Yeah. So uh, I definitely had a good fall. Uh, I've always, always been a guy that was in the zone and I, but I never was a guy that was going to come in and blow a fastball by you. And uh mm-hmm. And this fall, Velo Velo jumped a lot, and so that that was nice having having the fastball in the bag to sneak by you if I wanted to. So uh, fall fall went really good. Um, it, it was it was real good facing that lineup eighteen times because they got really good at hitting us. But uh, um, yeah, I'm 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 excited. I'm excited to get going, man. I'm excited to get on the mound until January. Yeah, so one of the things that we we mentioned, obviously replacing the middle infielders, replacing a lot of guys, which we we talked about it. Van Horn's done that year after year after year. Uh, how do you guys, with you know JUCO transfers coming in, freshmen coming in, put so many new faces? I mean, how is the coaching staff mingling you guys together, and how's that chemistry working for you guys in the fall? I honestly, I think Co- Cody will definitely vouch for me on this one, but this is this might be the first team that I've ever been on where you you walk in the locker room and every single person will say something to you. Every, every single person's really good friends. There's not, we're not potted up. There's not, you know, four groups of these friends, three groups of these guys. It's everybody hangs out. Everyone talks to each other. Everyone's giving each other a hard time. And the pitchers work out with the pitchers, position players work out with the position players and they push each other. And I know, I know we damn sure push each other. So uh, it's it, it's definitely a really good mix, and it's definitely it's it's cool to be on a team that everyone's pulling for each other too. It's not we don't. I, Cody didn't pitch one time. There wasn't one person in the dugout that wasn't rooting for him. You know, ever everyone's behind him, and everyone wants to do good because everyone is good. So it, it's cool. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but what's it like now being a, a teammate of of Hagen Smith and not being on the not that you towed the rubber against each other, but always kind of being connected. <laughs> you know, in that high school years. Oh yeah. It's, it's cool. Definitely being, uh, from the 903, 903. It, it's pretty cool. Uh, getting to face each other or play with each other, uh, now. And it's, it's, I'm looking forward to it. Hagen's a, he's a great guy, man. He's does everything the right way and he gets after it. So I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad he's on my team for sure. Absolutely. But listen, outside of you, Hagen and Cody, give us some names of some arms that everybody kind of needs to be on the lookout for uh, for this upcoming season on your team. <laughs> Who you want? Uh, for we'll start with freshman Gage Wood. He was up to ninety seven. 
Uh, he was 94, 95. He's going to pitch a lot. Parker Coyle, he's, he could definitely be a first-rounder in three years. Left-handed pitcher with four pitches, those 90-92 up to 93. Ben Bybee, righty, he'd be the Friday night guy at any other school in the SEC. Um, he's 92-95 with four pitches. Um, Josh Heineman, big old boy, he throws, throws a really good fastball, a lot of vertical break. And then you have Jake Faraday. He throws a hundred. Um, I mean, we 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 have it, man. It's it. Our pitching staff could be could be the best in the country. We just got to go out and execute. And everyone has to have the mindset that that they can do it and, and be able to slow the game down in the big moments and just execute. Absolutely. Speaking of good pitching staffs, Hunter, man. You know, obviously we kind of talked about it. I'm a Tennessee fan, and the and I said this last year when we whenever we found out a couple months ago that Tennessee was coming to Fayetteville for that series, that, you know, there had been so much banter between fan bases mostly, but some of it was even between the teams. You know, Arkansas was bringing it up in press conferences last year, and they didn't even play Tennessee. So just be real with us. How much are you looking? You guys looking forward to that matchup when them balls roll into town? <laughs> I think there's not, there's going to be nothing like it. I think, I think that for both sides, I think, uh, I had Cal Stark. He was a uh, he direct messaged me on Instagram uh, yesterday. We were talking a little bit because uh, he played at Navarro and we we beat him out in the Super Regional my freshman year. And he's a really good kid. And he's he's now he's a catcher. He's at Tennessee. And we were we were talking and he was he was saying, "Man, I can't wait to get into Fayetteville. That's going to be crazy." And uh, and of course, you know uh, Tennessee they got the they got that weekend rotation. I mean, I I think it's it's one of the best, if not the best weekend rotations in all of college baseball. But um, I'll tell you one thing, they, they might have the best three, but we got the best 10 for sure. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be fun going out and compete. It's going to be cool. Ooh, there's six arms in that, and that uh, whether the rotation or the bullpen, the guests of the show, careful. We'll talk about our dudes like that. No, I, and I, the last thing I'm going to say about it is that that's, I'm looking forward to the matchup for a whole lot of reasons, right? Just to, programs one arkansas as far as history and tradition a, a whole lot more tennessee's definitely on the upswing but just batello had you know been under van horn them two meeting a couple times a couple years ago the, the bickering back and forth between the fan bases I, I can't wait man that is the series as a tennessee fan and all respect to you guys at arkansas i'm looking forward to it i hope to be over there when it happens hopefully we'll maybe we'll even podcast from there live yeah come on now, Come if y'all like like you know beat us down. Do I'm not. Let's I'm acting like it. I was never Let's there. Let's do it. That would be dope. Oh, you can't be mad at us. If no, I would never. Down. No, I would never. Listen, man. <laughs> let, me, let me tell y'all a real quick story before DB takes over. You know, y'all know who put Tennessee out. It was Notre Dame, right? Yeah. So they they put him out. You know, Jack Brannigan <laughs> has the game of his life. Game of his life. I mean, the no, serious. It was the one one game. He did it multiple games. No, no but he had yeah. just completely dominated. Right. So we do the show on Mondays. Today's Monday, right? Who do y'all think came on the Sunday? We they they lose out <laughs> Sunday. Who's looking at me right in my face in my house after he beats my team? Jack Brannigan. If y'all don't think that I did that strategically, I mean, I loved it and I loved every minute of it, and I made sure to give him all the questions that asked all about it. You yeah. know, but as y'all can <laughs> tell from the the difference between me asking questions as Jim is, I don't take it personal. I said, Jack, you were a stud. I wish you wouldn't have done it to me. But you were an absolute stud. That kid was unconscious, unconscious, and he was so nice. He like yeah. looks at me and he's like, "Hey man, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I just got hot at the right time, and 
You yeah. know, that team's still – they're the best team in the country. And I was like, Jack, you son of a bitch. Look, I'm yeah. going to be honest, I'm gonna be honest, Randy. Look, you, you know, you talk about what I do and don't. Cody Hunter, let me tell you something. I went to Omaha and rooted for Arkansas. And, boy, we, we interviewed probably more Ole Miss players than any other team just because of the region and my connection. And, God, like, I started, like, people started hating on me, talking about don't listen to their podcast. He's an Arkansas fan. All because I got seen taking pictures and wearing an Arkansas shirt there. God, man, they they were going to burn us down at the stake just because I was rooting for you guys. So, with that being said, I mean, I rooted for you guys, and I took a lot of heat for it. So, you got to give me a little credit. All right. I'll give you some credit. (laughs) That's coming from the same guy that wanted you to tell him you were fearing the LSU lineup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I already text Dylan Cruz to take Cody Yard. Hey, yeah, tell him. Tell him. Now, see, if this was DB, DB would be – he would have to hit Dylan Cruz now. <laughs> I would. Straight up. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. You're going to take me on? Bet. Oh, you didn't even say it. Sorry. The bases <laughs> could be loaded, and he's taking one. Oh, yeah, for sure. I got to – you know what? I got to – before Daniel takes over, I got a Tennessee question coming back around for both of you guys since your pitchers. You know, the way Tennessee bat flips, because, you know, us LSU boys don't do all that. You know, if if Drew Gilbert does the bat flip that he does, or, you know, Jordan Beck slams the bat into the ground the way he does, when they come back around, are they catching one, fellas? The the first, team, just, the first that. team that hits that dude after a bat flip is my favorite team. That's my ground yeah. rule right there. Yeah, I like it. Don't get me wrong, I like it. But I, I like the mindset of – I don't really mind if you bat flip, but don't be mad when I talk shit when I when I get you out or I do something good. I, I like I like the competitive nature about it. I like it. I don't but think I, I, hit I don't think I'm gonna hit them with a pitch just because they beat me. You know, I mean, but yeah, don't like Hunter said, don't get mad if I if I celebrate after striking you out to end the inning. Yeah, because then I'll hit you. I mean, what <laughs> what is it? What is a celebration when you strike somebody out look like? Really, I mean, well, it I mean, it's never going to be anything directed towards the other team, but it should be. I know, I normally don't do anything, but how, if it's how like, is a bat flip? So, so help me, help me understand this. All right, how does a bat flip, where the bat flies thirty feet in the air, and the guy's looking at you the whole way down the line? How is that not like directed at you, but like you turn around and go, well? I'm going to celebrate, but I'm not going to direct it out. Well, well, Daniel, we had a guest on this show. From I would minutes. point that dude down and be like, expletive, hmm. expletive, yeah. Well, we had a guest well, yeah, on the show, yeah, Daniel, yeah, yeah. that actually did, as a pitcher, Brandon Johnson pointed to the Mississippi State dugout running oh, his mouth. Yeah, well, the next outing he came out, they absolutely tattooed him, and they said it was because he talked shit to their dugout. So I'm just saying, a pitcher can do it too, and it can come back to to hunt them or hurt them as well. So you mean to tell me they were like, you know what? We came out here and we couldn't win unless Brandon Johnson talked smack. Well, it's Mississippi. Mississippi State takes a series from Ole Miss every single year, so I mean, they were going to do it anyway. Uh, Okay. Cody can well, attest to that. That's well, guys, it's uh obviously it's it's apparent. You guys are ready to get it on. You're ready for the spring to to get here, so you guys can really stop answering questions and just show action. Um, but 
you know, it's been a great interview, but before we end, as we do with all of our guests, we're going to play a quick game called This or That. Y'all down to play? Let's go. Let's go. All right. It's very simple, and I'll <laughs> keep it easy for you guys. I'm going to give you two options, and I'm going to start with Cody for to go first every question, followed by Hunter. Um, but really, I give you two choices. Just pick one choice or the other. Be decisive. Be quick. And just, you know, pick whatever you, you feel uh, very strongly about. Okay. Let's do it. All right, Cody, chicken sandwich or burger? Which one are you choosing? Burger. Burger. Hunter, chicken sandwich or burger? Burger. Burger. All right, how are we eating our burgers, Cody? Um, Mustard and pickles. Mustard and, and Okay, okay. Hunter, what you got on your burger? Uh, Everything but no mayonnaise or ketchup, mustard. Man, it. Y'all are missing a, a really vital component to bacon. any burger. Bacon, guys. Got to have I a little bacon. I only do, I only do ketchup, picking. mayonnaise, and bacon with cheese. Yeah, that's I'll do coming, bacon. That's coming from the guy a, that puts Yeah, you put coffee, mayonnaise in your coffee, in coffee. So, <laughs> Listen, if anybody puts mayonnaise on my burger, we, we I'm, I'm hitting I, I regret. Oh, every, I regret every Will Levis challenge I did after the way he played this year. I apologize. Yeah, you should. All right, Cody, who has better hair flow, you or Hunter? Me, come on, cuz look. <laughs> All right, so obviously, Hunter, Hunter, we know the answer to to the question for you. You're picking yeah, yourself, so like I gotta ask, and Cody, are we gonna see something special when it comes to your hair game this spring, or is what we see right now what we're gonna get? You know what you see right now. I haven't had a cut in a little bit, but I'm gonna get one soon. Um, you know, this is about all I get right here. Okay. All right. So Hunter, I feel like you got the hat on tonight. You're kind of holding back a little bit. Something special coming in the spring for us. Something might be coming up. I'm not gonna say nothing, but it might. It might. And he's got and he's got a strong beard game. And I'm willing to bet, you know, no, no offense, Cody, but I bet you can't grow facial hair, can you? No, he can't. Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. I got the baby face. All right, Cody, would you rather go to the beach or the lake? The beach. Hunter, beach or lake? That's a good one. Probably beach. Okay, beach guys. All right. Cody, who would you rather face? Dylan Cruz or Tommy White? Guess who wrote that question? (laughs) Either. Either? Either. He broke a rule. He broke a rule. Neither, and you can't say both. He He said either. He didn't say neither. either. So all right. Let's let's stick to the rules. You gotta pick one of them. Obviously. Um I think Who's Dylan the one Cruz. that's Dylan Cruz. Oh, okay, okay. Hunter, who are you going with? Who would I rather face or not face? Ra- who would you rather face, Dylan Cruz or Tommy White? Tommy White. All right, all right. Different answers. I like it. Y'all open the season obviously with a college baseball showdown in Arlington. Who would you want to pitch against most? Cody, would you rather pitch against TCU, Texas, or Oklahoma State? Texas. Hunter. TCU, TCU. Texas. Yeah, his is easy. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah, an that's easy answer. Very Come on. Very easy for you. All right. Cody, would you rather attend a bucket list concert or a bucket list sporting event? Bucket list sporting event. Hunter, bucket list concert or bucket list sporting event? <laughs> Dang. Bucket list concert. 
All right. Cody, what sporting event are you going to? What's the bucket list sporting event that you got to see? Oh, you know, I didn't really think of it this far. I've just never been to a concert ever. Oh, well, maybe um, maybe Hunter can take you one day. Maybe so. Maybe so. Um, I would say I want to go to a Super Bowl. That would be fun. Super Bowl. Who's your team? Who are you rooting for? Who you want to see in the Super Bowl? Cowboys. Oh, there we go. Uh, Let's go. That's brutal. I mean, that's brutal. Cowboys. So you're never going to go to the Super Bowl. Check. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I don't think anybody needs to talk about football. Right. Randy, I'll say after a four. I've seen my team be there two times since Joe's has. Randy, I'll say after a 43 victory, we got to leave DB alone this weekend, Cody. No, we don't. No, we don't. That's Never. fine. That's fine. And and okay, okay, I'll I'll take it. You know, I've been wearing it and I've been fine with it. So y'all just keep keep it on. All right, Hunter, bucket list concert. What's the concert you got to see? Uh, George Strait acoustic. Oh, great! Just a guitar. Great answer. Old Troubadour. Garth yeah. Brooks is better. Unpopular opinion. That's fighting words. All right, all right, all right. Cody, time out. Time no, out, that's time just ignorant. And, and, and <laughs> George Strait never came to Texarkana. What'd he do to you, man? Listen, um, as no, a con- he's just not better. He's not better. At what? He's not better. At what? At, yeah, at what? At anything. Open? He's not, he doesn't make better music. Oh you know what? I've oh never I've God. never agreed with Cody at any point in this show until now, and I've been to eight George Strait concerts. I Thank would roll with Garth all day. George Strait acoustic, though. No band. No we, band. The question wasn't about who. I, that's why I asked for what. he. I didn't say better concert, because as far as a show, I've been to both, and Garth is a great showman. But as far as, like, a musical, like, just yeah. music, songs – and Come Daniel, on, Daniel's over there Come like on. country music sucks, and I hate this conversation. But like <laughs> Daniel, did you just catch the fact that he'd been to what? Did he say eight George Strait concerts. He knows yeah. that. He knows that. But he hates country music. And George Strait didn't even. Where Daniel, did you see Daniel, him? Like the Randy, Randy has known me two years longer than you. But Daniel, do you remember why I went with my parents to all those country music concerts? It's a pretty simple answer. It'd be the same reason why I'd go to date. Because of the little girls. Exactly. <laughs> Country music right. concerts, it doesn't matter if you're talking about George Strait or anybody else. Country music concerts, it's always like a seven to one ratio let's, of women to men. Let, let's right. let's get let's That's get right. down to brass Except tacks for Garth here. Brooks. Hunter, <laughs> if if we were to go for a ride and we get in the car, what's the last song that you were listening to in the car? Let's just make it easy. What's my last song? He gonna say little baby and just throw us all off. Yeah, what was the last song uh, that was no, up nobody, on your Spotify? Nobody to blame by Cody Johnson. Nobody to blame by Cody Johnson. What what is it about that song you like? I have no idea. It's just song on shuffle play. Gotcha. It's a good song. Now. I don't know all of it. <laughs> so, last question, and this question is actually turned into a pretty, pretty heated conversation. And I'm glad Randy's Randy's here for it because him and I have our own opinion of this. Um, and it's really the only p- opinion that matters. But I'll ask you guys, Cody, would you rather be a hero or a villain? I like Batman, so I'm going to go hero. Oh, Jesus. Game over. Game over. <laughs> this interview's uh, done. Perfect answer. 
Hunt Hunter. I, I mean, there's no really not an answer that we need to hear, but I'll let you. I'll let you speak. Hero or villain? Which one would you rather be first? I don't know. <laughs> but the I villain, thought... like villains, always hurt innocent people. Dude, the villains are the coolest, and and most pitchers actually prefer the villain. They like. I'm about to say. I, I mean, I think I like the villain because I. They, I mean, if I th when I think villain, I think like dog gets after it. You know. There you go. And on the, and like as a pitcher, you're out there lonely. You got to have that mindset. You just got to get after it. Slow the game down. I like it. Compete. And, and so, and now I have the official answer. When Hunter was saying Cody was soft, I now see it. Yeah, He's it's, got it's the hero just the north you get. The farther that's, north you get, it gets a little soft. I mean, that's you know? that's if you are believing everything that Hunter's saying. So, so who's the who's the best uh, villain out there, Hunter? Who, who who you liking? The Joker. Man, the Joker is a good one. The Joker is a good one. I don't know. You know I'd what? Say, I'd probably say Joker. What's your favorite? For me, it's the Joker. But you know what? I'm going to retract my Garth Brooks statement. I'm going to come back to George Strait because I've liked all Hunter's answers, and I just want to stay – Firm with it, so I'll, I'm coming back back around. I'm gonna go George Strait just so I can stay locked in with Connor Hunter because yeah. Cody Cody's been soft. I'm not down with it. And Hunter and Hunter has better hair. Just to to be clear, so Cody, you Hunter are so wishy washy. Oh, he is, no. he is Cody. This you're yeah. right. He is. You, you have no idea. Yeah, Cody. just listen to these shows every week. You'll see it. Yeah. But the fact that you pick back Cody, me and DB are with you, dog. Yeah, it's it's Batman all the and way. And I love your hair. Oh, yeah. let's go, let's go, guys. Oh, Dude, Marvel man, Avengers it's... are the only answers as far as heroes. I'm just gonna make oh. sure you guys. Oh my god, this guy's oh, talking they're, about they're, Spider Man. Money. Money. He's talking about a dude that throws white webs. <laughs> he throws webs and lives. Don't make, his, don't make he, me send my. He lives with his aunt. Don't make me send my ten year old son after you, Daniel. I'll make him cry like last time. <laughs> Y'all hear that? He beats up on my 10-year-old son. That's how, that's the kind of guy that y'all are siding with. Look, let me tell y'all something. If you knew his 10-year-old son, y'all would beat up on that kid too. Because he <laughs> he's he's mean. He he don't let him fool you. He ain't he ain't just this nice little 10-year-old little kid. A little punk sometimes. <laughs> now, guys, it's been a great episode, and we're gonna let you guys bounce. But before you do anything, Cody. I'll start with you. Anything you want to plug or promote? Plug or promote? Yeah. Do you know what that means? He, he did say he means. struggled educationally earlier. <laughs> I do. I do. What does that mean? I, I will go to Hunter. Hunter, is is there anything you would like to plug or promote? Hey, I got uh, Boosted Apparel, Apparel, my clothing line. It's on Instagram. Go get you some. That is how you That's plug or promote. That's how you Cody. plug or promote. Golly. That's it. That's it. So, Cody, I'll, I'll re rephrase it. Is there anything you want to advertise? <laughs> anything that you want to talk about that is sacred to you or special to you? No, but I do have something to say. Y'all asked if I would rather face Tommy White or Dylan Cruz. If y'all asked them which pitcher they would want to face, they'd say either one because I think that they're on the same level like they just whoever whenever look he's so just that's, why, that's that. why they were your two options yeah i had to say that i mean hey there, there's no right or wrong answer it's, it's not a test 
Daniel, he, Daniel, here's the good news. You're going to be able to help Cody advertise and promote. That's the good news. I don't. Yeah, so uh, look, I don't have anything to promote right he, now. He does. Though. He does. Don't worry. Daniel's got you. Don't worry. Look, so I'm always prepared when guests come on and go, no, man, I just don't, I don't have anything. So first thing I'm going to tell everybody listening is if you want to know what Cody does or Hunter does on just a random Tuesday night or a Monday night or even Sunday, you know, during football season, go on over to Instagram, type in at Cody underscore a 52, check out Cody or at Hunter Holland. With no D, it's not Holland, it's just Holland. Check them out, see what they're doing. You know, maybe touch base, maybe get you some boosted apparel. Who knows? Go out there, well, look right, do your thing. Or if you just want to see them get after it and do their thing on the diamond, go on over to Razorback BSB on Instagram, and you'll see everything you need to know Arkansas baseball related and those dudes just doing work. Guys, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate y'all coming on. We wish y'all nothing but the best. And hopefully, you know, we'll get you guys back on after a sure. productive season. For sure. Heck yeah. All I right. appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. we appreciate it. Absolutely. Peace. That's Hunter Holland and Cody. Cody, what's your last name? Adcock. Adcock. I got to yes, make, sure, make sure I get it right. That's Hunter Holland and Cody Adcock, everybody. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with a few headlines. I got to talk to y'all about me closing the gap on these pickums with Randy, man. Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They're the only sunflower seed company that has taken the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We got some headlines, and we're leading off Randy with our Grizz. Well, I don't know if we want to lead off with the Grizz, but we're going to. It's um kind of a frustrating past 48 hours. We had Ja go down, Desmond Baines not playing, Um, got some injuries that are biting us in the ass right now he ended up playing three quarters really well last night against brooklyn but obviously when you got guys like kd Kyrie coming back and and ben simmons like it's it's hard to hold off three those three guys when you don't have your three best players but um i'll, I'll ask you randy man is this something is this just a bump in the road is it just frustrating and that's why it hurts or is this something that we need to be concerned about I think anytime when you're in the West, it's got you got to be concerned just because you got Desmond Bain, you know, week to week. And now they're saying that Ja Morant week to week, too. So your two best players being out. And there's not a lot of NBA teams, if any, that could survive their two best players being out. And then not only that, you play the Nets. And, and on top of that, you got Jaron Jackson Jr., who's coming back off injury. So he's on some limited minutes. He doesn't play in the game either. And they hung in there. That was pretty valiant effort. But Ben Simmons picks that game to have his his best game of the year. And you got Kyrie coming back. You got Kevin Durant. I mean, it's it was tough. But they hung in there, and Dylan Brooks did his thing. But uh, in the end, their defense was putrid. And uh, they do got to be worried about that even when you do get those guys back. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about the defense. And, and I mean, obviously, they're having to score 120 points to win a game, which is not ideal. Um, but – you know, when they come back, obviously, or 
let's start with this. They're all coming back at some point. Yeah. But we'll start with, with the most obvious, Ja. When is Ja coming back? Grade one ankle sprain. Very like a better, like when we're grading ankle sprains, better than the one he had a couple years ago where he was out a significant amount of time. How long is he out, you think? And when do we see him back? You know, so the Grizzlies are pretty weird with their injury updates. They actually did list him as doubtful. So maybe he's coming back sooner than we think. But um, to kind of, I guess, really to counter what I said earlier, do you need to worry about it? Yes. But you also don't want to risk the whole season to bring Ja back too soon. And, you know, I, I think that you, I would rather err on the side of caution, bring both of those guys back at the same time when they're fully healthy and then go on a run because they have the talent to do that. And I think the schedule is going to allow that too. So, you know, I, I wouldn't even mind if they were out for the next couple of weeks, bring them back a week or two before Christmas, as long as you beat the Warriors on Christmas Day. I think, Randy, you know, what you said is is so smart. And people, you know, we talk about how everybody wants everything now, right? And you think big picture. And the whole idea is this team, we know, especially because they got some experience in the playoffs last year, they're not afraid of nobody. And, you know, we talk about these teams that, you know, if they were to be a six, seven, eight, what they could do. I think a fully healthy Grizzlies team and the confidence that they carry, if they were able to, you know, be fully healthy going into the playoffs, it really wouldn't matter where they're at. That's what they ultimately want. So I don't think, and and you even said, you know, at the start, you and Daniel both never predicted this team to be a one, two or three seed. You said more likely to be four or five. What would be the difference between a four or five if you were a six or seven, but as long as you're healthy? Yeah, I think I just it, want to stay out of the play in. I don't want to be in that. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to get down to there where you're having to like have these grueling games prior to going into a, a big time series with a, Yeah, and you only other... get one shot, maybe two right. if you're, you know, depending. So, so no let no worse than the six, but y'all still agree. I mean, that team isn't scared at the moment. And you look at the play in a couple of years ago, they weren't supposed to win and they did. Well, it's it's like um if you if you get people healthy and you finally like towards the back end of the season, let's say the Grizzlies are healthy and they sneak in to a five or a six, like whoever they're facing does not want to play them. You can bet that like they don't want to see Memphis Grizzlies on the other side of the court. Like they just don't. So, I mean, that's, that's the good thing looking forward at this, but I mean, obviously, you know, Randy, you mentioned two weeks for Ja to come back. That puts him Monday, December 5th. That's Miami at home. That wouldn't be too bad of a day to come back. I mean, he's missing Sacramento, New Orleans, New York, Minnesota, Philadelphia, Detroit. I would say Sacramento, Detroit, probably New York. You should be able to handle without those guys. But the Pelicans, we had a full full roster and lost. Um, the Timberwolves always play as tough. And then the 76ers, um, you know, down that stretch, if you finish – three and three in the next two weeks is that a win i think it is and one thing that that even though you're not winning these games the last thing i'll say about this is that these guys like jake laravia and santi aldama are getting valuable minutes and i think that's going to pay off when you get into march april may down the stretch those guys are going to have valuable minutes against real deal nba starters so it may, it may not be the worst thing right yeah i i totally agree with that i think obviously as guys come back their playing time is going to get limited so when they do come in they got to feel 
that there's not this pressure to go out and do well, but they also have got to have the confidence to know, oh, well, I've had the time to prepare me to, to be successful. So um, I think it's going to be a rotation thing that's going to be have to be deep for these guys to win. It's going to have to – obviously, those guys on the bench, you know, are going to have to come – come off the bench now and, and start playing some big time minutes and keep us in games. But guys, we we've been at this junction before we usually step up and play pretty good when, when we're lacking. So I'm hoping for the same, but Jim, I'll, I'll go over to the Lakers, man. Obviously um, it's, it's tough times down there in LA five and 10 and they've won three in a row, but it's, it's it's not a good look, man. What's going on over there? It's not It's not tough to talk about right now. And Randy knows exactly what I'm going to say, and he's going to get pissed off about it. The Lakers have won three in a row, and there's a common denominator of all three games. LeBron James didn't play. Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis work together. That's all I got to say. I'm done. Trade LeBron, baby. That's what they should do. Yeah, trade him. Let's go. Let's get rid of him. That's all you got to say on that. Last year, last year. LeBron missed five games in a row in which Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook played together, and they won all five of those as well. He's always played well, pick and pop, pick and roll, with a big man like that. I'm just saying. Well, I'm not saying they're going to win a championship. I'm just saying they're better. The, the two of them but, can't coach this, and, and I'm not – and, Randy, I said this last time. I'm not saying Westbrook is better than LeBron either. No, but did when LeBron – before Westbrook got there, did LeBron and AD – did they or did they not win a title? Yeah, they got a bubble championship, which a lot of they got a title. Regard. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Some would say that the bubble title was harder than a regular title. Some would say. Some would yeah, say. yeah, Randy isn't one of them. You saw that face. Nah, not me, but I'm just saying some would say. So with the basketball trend, we'll flip over to college basketball. We'll talk Tigers. Um, obviously. Played St. Louis. Um, we'll go to that game first. Uh, a very, you know, historic game in regards to old conferences and conference rivalries and, and just, just matchups. So in the past, now we're playing them. Uh, St. Louis, one of the most experienced, if not the most experienced team in the country. Uh, probably predicted to finish first or second um, in the A-10. Um, either them or Dayton, but a good team, but I'll ask you, Jim, is a loss to St. Louis a good loss? Or was it not so much that they lost, but how they lost? I mean, I don't think it's a good loss. I'll, I'll say this. A good loss is always when it's early in the season, right? That we, we talk about that because you can – have reasons and justifications, you know, you're getting guys acclimated, it's new, whatever the case may be. So if you're going to lose it, lose it now. But I don't think, you know, even though, like you said, St. Louis and Memphis has you know, got history, that's not a team that really Memphis is supposed to be losing to, especially coming off how good they look before that. But um, you know what? I, I'm not really worried about it. And I don't think if you listen to the local radio, which I know you don't get to, to do as much, um, they didn't seem overly concerned with that loss. And so if they're not overly concerned, I'm not, especially with what you're going to get into in a minute with what we saw the next game. I mean, here, here's the way I see it. I, I don't know 
why the defense wasn't that great against St. Louis and why it was much better against TCU. Other than the fact that they said we need to be better defensively and then we did something, I don't know what that was, and all of a sudden it's different. But do you think there is something to what I said about, I mean, it's an excuse that they can lean on, but, I mean, is there something to it just being early? Well, I mean, if you if you look, you know, historically speaking, like this is a, a typical Memphis team, like turnovers, not playing defense that well, and then turn around and start figuring it out. But it's the good teams that they always end up struggling with. And I say good team. St. Louis is not near close to the best team that they're going to play this season. Um, they're not know, maybe not the best, but they're probably in the top three. Top well, nah, top Houston. Four, name another one. Auburn. So so with that, Auburn, Randy, I don't so, think Auburn's better than St. Louis. So, you can't so, say that un just without hesitation. So Randy, if you believe, oh, that, I can say that a hundred percent with has without hesitation. Auburn is going to be middle of the pack SEC team. That's better. Yes, than the best team in the A ten. No. Yes. So, okay, regardless if y'all disagree or not. So, Randy, with your opinion, you're saying, based upon it being one of the top three games for them, that that would say that you say then that's not too terrible of a loss. No, it's not a bad loss, but they shouldn't have lost the game, and there's one reason why. He refuses to stop playing Alex Lomax. Well, he refuses to do it. I, I think right now it's, it's necessity. Like, I don't I, think that it was necessity when you have a guy on the bench that when he plays is a lot more efficient and Ch- and uh Chandler, but he's a lot more efficient. He's longer. He's a better defender. Doesn't really turn the ball over. Shoots the eye out of the ball. And Daniel, you know, longer is better, bro. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> but agree. I agree. Look, I hear what you're saying, I think, is more out of a trust issue. But what we saw Lomax in the St. Louis game completely take them out of that game. He would not stop shooting. He's shooting fadeaways. Alex Lomax, if he's going to come in the game, needs to only be a facilitator. You're not a shooter. Stop shooting the ball. And he can't defend me. No. If you got a team like St. Louis that's big, they that's a problem for him. And that's just look, the kid is a great kid. You know what he is. Play him 15, 18 minutes a game, not 30. I agree. I can't I I can't combat that with anything because I I agree with everything you're saying. I just think right now we're we're a guy that should be eligible to play that we were banking on playing, not playing and waiting for him to be eligible. And that's really what's fucking hey. everything up. So Randy, to your point, obviously I'm looking it up now. Um, Lomax Guess played who 29 plays. Minute. Guess who plays on 1127? St. Louis and Auburn. There you go. And we'll find, we'll, we'll find Auburn, out. Auburn will beat them. But Randy, to your point, Lomax was 0 for 8. Um, with just two points. And one of the things I've always talked about, Randy, maybe you can educate me because you've told me before when I've asked you, so I need you to re-educate me, shall I say. Why don't they keep up with plus minus in college basketball? You know, I don't know, actually. I, I don't – it's not – I, I would like to know what his plus minus was is the reason I asked. I'm sure that the Tigers coaching staff does have that, and there's no way in hell you'll ever convince me that his is positive. There's no way. I just Agreed. think that when you got – if you look at the stat line from the game and then when Memphis played the very next game, how many minutes did Lomax play? Less, but – Less. Still still more than he probably still should. more, yeah. But like I'm saying, I think it's because of necessity because 
who else you gonna put in there? Like he he played six the, less minutes, and even when he did play, so zero for eight the the other game, he went one for seven in this game with two points. Had still had the same amount of points, about the same contribution. He had three assists in both games. So. For me, DB, you're asking who to play. I'm gonna play the in the backcourt. If I got Kendrick in the game, I'm gonna pair him with Chandler. It's just it's a more athletic backcourt. It's longer. That's that's what my pairing would be. I don't disagree with that, but those guys, like, at some point, Kendrick Davis, as good as he's been, he's got to come out of the game, and same thing with Chandler. Ah. So, like, not not playing Lomax isn't, like, it's no. not, it's All right, not so something da- that so, you can... I feel you. So, Randy, you know, regardless of how I feel about his off-basketball opinions, we regard Gary Parrish highly when it comes to college basketball, right? Oh yeah, and so he would, and so he was talking about uh, uh, Kendrick Davis, and people were saying if they play great defense and they rely on one guard to score a bunch of points, can they win? And he started listing off the teams. Oh yeah, and, and you know went with Shabazz Napier and Kimba Walker when he obviously. Oh, I was gonna say UConn won it yeah. all, and then he was talking about Jimmer for debts, and then he just started listing off these guards, and he said. So if people don't think the formula for Memphis can be to play really good defense and have one guy carry them offensively, they're oh, a guard. No. It's been done. And Kendrick of times. Davis is that guy. He hundred percent is that guy. But I'm 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 looking on the minutes now. And Kendrick Davis leads with thirty four. DeAndre with thirty. Those are very those those are absolutely necessary. And then this is minute. Oh man, minutes per game. And then then it goes Alex Lomax at twenty eight. You can't have him being third. It's just, I don't understand it, man. That's just all. And I know Penny knows more about basketball than I will ever know. That That's period, point blank. And they must be seeing something that I'm not seeing when they're scrimmaging, practicing, or something. Or is it that he's blinded by his personal relationship with a kid that he's raised uh, I was in seventh fixing, grade? I was fixing to say, is, and does he also feel a little bit of obligation because he came back and he feels like he, he owes it to him to play? He didn't do that to Tyler Harris. I, Tyler yeah. Harris is a better option than Alex Lomax to go along with Kendrick Davis. In I agree office. with that, but I love that hot take because a lot of people would argue to death with you. <laughs> you know who I think plays more minutes than they should? Malcolm Dandridge. Yeah, I don't know what happened to that dude, but I swear when that dude – not, not as an offensive player, but, uh, like, he's not really good at anything right now. I mean, like, he – what happens is you get blinded by the one amazing thing. He'll do one amazing thing every game. But then after that, it's a bunch of like bull crap, like skillet hands can't hold the pass, will run a screen and fall over himself or just, just something silly. And it's like, ooh, you, how, how did you just get the ball and drive down the lane and reverse dunk it and then you can't even – set set a pick for a guy it's it's very strange but um ko's getting some some more minutes he you know i think him getting some minutes and getting the feel for the game i think he'll probably play a bigger role um but i mean right now like you guys said i mean kendrick davis is 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 a stud and you can win with him alone but the thing is you got a guy like deandre deandre's probably Overall, the best player we've had on the Tigers since Jeremiah Martin, like easily. Hey, I hate to go back yeah. there, Randy. Hold on, you mean to tell me a team with the number thirteen ranking isn't better than St. Louis? 
I'm saying if you look over the whole season long, I think that St. Louis is going to get just as far as Auburn. That's a tournament team. That's a sweet 16-level team. That I, I don't disagree with that. But when you tell me who is a better team, I'm going to tell you Auburn is. No and doubt. I didn't say that they weren't. I said it's going to be one of the three hardest teams Memphis plays. Houston is absolutely the best team they'll play all season long. Auburn you can put in there. Then, okay, is it Alabama? Alabama. They got A&M. They've got – A&M is not good. You're not, I mean, how you're much not is, convincing how me much A&M is, is better how, than St. Louis. How much does it concern you, Daniel, that Auburn and Bama are back-to-back? They need that. I mean well, – I would rather them Bama and A and M back to back to back. I would rather them play that than to play North Alabama, Little Rock, Alabama State back to back to back. Like what what good does that do do you? At least between those games, you got North Alabama, Ole Miss, Little Rock, Auburn, Alabama, Texas A and M, and then Alabama State. Then you got South Florida where you open up conference play. Like I'm good with that schedule. And while I'm looking at the schedule, we talk about what Penny does for this program, the amount of games on ESPN and ESPN2, shout out. Oh, for sure. But here's what I will say is this season cannot come down to having to beat Houston. It it can't. It it can't. It no. cannot. They cannot do that this year because you're not going to do it. I, I, I got a you're side not gonna topic. Do it twice. I got a side topic no. in, in conference, Randy. Well, you know – we were so excited when Wichita State came to the conference. Like, what happened? They started choking their players, man. Yeah. <laughs> Greg Marshall just said, you know what? I'm a good coach, but I'm so good that I'm going to beat my players. Well, but, you remember how, but you remember how excited we were? I mean, because Wichita State was such a good team, man, a team that had made multiple runs and, you know, had excitement. And that was supposed you know, to bring something you know to the what? conference. As a matter of fact, it's his fault that we got stuck with Alex Lomax. That's hey, true. That is, man, damn. Full circle. You know what? That. It's funny now looking back on it. Greg Marshall knew. He's like, man, I'll let you out. He got up there and started practicing. He's like, you know what? You're right. You, I'll let you, know, you out of Dan- your letter. Daniel's going to choke out Greg Marshall now. Shit. Where, where is he at now? Where, <laughs> let me find this. But it. Anyways, guys, they 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 turn around. They play much better against VCU. Obviously, in my opinion, a game that they should win. Um, started hot, let VCU back in, but eventually kind of just separated themselves. Ended up winning by I think fifteen points or or so. But yeah, um, you know. they won. Yeah, fifteen. But so is it is it Davis? So we talked about Davis, and uh, and you said something about Williams. I think you both agree. So it's got to be Davis and Williams as your main contributors. Um, that you got to rely on game to game, correct? Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're... and do you think you can fit? Do you obviously you want more than that? But do you feel like if the defense is right, what Gary Parish is saying, you can live on that? Yeah, because you got guys that are gonna have you some good games. Like I think once Demario Franklin is eligible, like he's gonna make a difference in the rotations. But you got you know Keontae Kennedy who has the ability to play well. Chandler Lawson, who has the ability to give you a great game. Jonathan Lawson, who could run you some serviceable minutes and, and give you some some production. I, I don't think it, it's a matter of, like, those guys have to be the guys every game. You know I who think I think has been good? I think Hardaway's been good. Hardaway has been really, really good. 100%. He, How? I would start him. 
How more. how cool is it on a on a on a side note, but since you brought him up, like the idea that there's gonna be three hardaways on on that bench. Man, that's pretty damn cool. Yeah, I I'm here for it. As a matter of fact, guys, you know what I'm here for? I'm giving up my Thanksgiving, you know what? Gladly, because I'm gonna be in Orlando and I'm gonna watch at 7:30. I'm gonna be behind the bench watching the Tigers take on Seton Hall. And then the very next day, I'm gonna be watching them play Nebraska or Oklahoma or whoever it is. And then on Sunday, I'm gonna be watching them play Stanford or Florida State or somebody else. So I, I'm I'm invested. I got well, the next next three games. It's a it's a good investment because your family's invested. Michelle with her passion for Memphis, obviously Bella, man, the Tiger chant. It's it's a good investment because your family's invested in the Tiger, so I like it. I'm ready. I'm ready. But Randy, that's a, enough of Tiger basketball. Tell me about the volunteer basketball team. What you know? Last time we talked, they it was kind of ugly there for a minute. Where are we you at? Know, it got a little bit better. I think similar to uh, the Tigers, they had a, a letdown game against a team that they sh- it should at least compete better with. But they got they went back to the friendly confines, played Florida Gulf Coast, and uh, they got a thirty-one point win. You know, they scored eighty-one points, so I think things were kind of back on track. Uh, Rick Barnes definitely adjusted some things. Did not start Zakai Ziegler, like he said he wouldn't. Still, don't think you should call him out publicly, Rick Barnes. But do what you do, and uh, we'll see. You know, they got Butler Wednesday. So uh, I don't know that Butler's, you know, obviously that's not the same, you know, Gordon Hayward Butler, but always going to be scrappy. And then they kind of, you know, don't have a lot. They got Butler, McNeese State, Alcorn State, Eastern Kentucky before they play uh, Maryland and Arizona back to back. So they should stack up a few wins and try to get things right offensively. Their problem, similar to the Tigers, they have to find an identity offensively that means don't turn the ball over and be more efficient you know, with moving the ball around. And I, I got faith that Rick will get it right before the uh, turn of the new year. I think the advantage, we talked about it, it was with the, with Tennessee, is if the early season doesn't go as well as you want, you still have the SEC to fall back on where you're going to play teams like Auburn and Alabama, Kentucky. You know, we don't know how good they are, but you got a lot more down the line. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think he's got a lot longer leash. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you – you take care of business against the teams that you're supposed to beat. You call the Colorado game a one-off. Just you know, you just didn't play well. I think with the the schedule that they have, I mean, they have the ability to win some really big games. But you're gonna have to understand, like it's basketball, and they're they're gonna have some of those Colorado games mixed in. You just hope that they're few and far between, and it's not against teams like Butler or Alcorn yeah. State, or you know, it's against a decent team who, who just stymies you in a way that you weren't ready for. One of the um, things, one of the games that I am looking forward to, DB, is that uh, Rick Barnes, old team, the Texas Longhorns are coming oh, yeah. to Knoxville January 28th. Yeah. So hmm. that's a, that's, and look, how good did Texas look, you know, just the other day, you know, winning it by 30. So I, I think that they got things. Chris Beard really got things going on. We thought the Shaka Smart was going to do what Chris Beard actually is doing. Yeah, Chris Chris Beard, is he is he a better coach or just because he was at Texas Tech, he knows the area and knows the recruits and just kind of was able to mold what he did at Tech into Texas. And it just uh, didn't work the same for Shock. 
I do think he's a better coach, and that's no knock on Shaka. I think he knows basketball. He can draw up plays and all that. I just think, to your point, it probably is the fact that Beard knows what he's doing. But we've seen Beard be successful everywhere he's been. So, uh, yeah, I think he's probably got a, a little bit more figured out on how to build it and sustain it and kind of develop the program. Gotcha. Well, that leads us into the fight game, Randy. Obviously, Rambo, big win. Big time win. So tell us a little bit about that and, and really what you see next for him. Yeah, I mean, I thought that it was, you know, obviously a championship fight for our boy Rambo uh, to go four rounds and a guy like him that usually gets the knockout and, and the fights that he has lost is, you know, ended on punches as well. To be able to go the full round really showed his conditioning. Um, he, the striking was just magnificent. I mean, fighting a really, really, really good fighter in Cobb Colin Luberts. Um, so I think that, you know, what you see next is Rambo's the champ. So you know what we always say? You're the yeah, champ till somebody yeah, beats you. You're the champ till somebody beats you. So just a proud moment for Memphis, for MBJJ, uh, especially for Rambo. Obviously been on here multiple times, coming back on here again in the future. Um, so to see kind of – it's not the pinnacle, I'm not going to say that, but to see him be able to put that belt around his waist as a pro fighter – I mean, that just shows the growth that that kid's had because you're looking at a guy that was, you know, in the amateurs. At one point, he had lost three fights in a row, DB. Uh, and since he's been a pro, he hasn't lost at all. I mean, so just, I mean, it's amazing the turnaround he's done in, in the ring. Let, let me ask you this. I mean, obviously, you're watching the decision, you know, go down. And Rambo's kind of like, you could tell he's tired, but he's not like, over emotional about anything but the other guy is like adamant like before the scores are read like he feels like he won the fight is is that a natural thing or like is it really hard for fighters you know it was a split decision so i guess i could understand where he's coming from but is it normal for fighters not to really know if they won the fight they were in it shouldn't they know if they like won it or not yeah, I think it's tough because you have um, your corners probably telling you, you know, hey, you're right there, you're right there, and they don't really know. It's not an exact science. But, um, you know, I thought that, that both the fighters did a lot of things. He felt like he controlled it a little bit more. But, no, it's 100% a natural thing. that if you, At the end of it, both of them put their hands up until you get told otherwise. So I think it was frustrating. Uh, but I think after the fight, you know, he's able to – He's able to know, man. Rambo landed a lot of strikes there at the end. He went on a barrage, and I think that they factored that in. Rambo still had a ton of energy. And and I want to point something out, too. If you go back and watch the video, just to kind of the the end of it, when Rambo fell down and the uh, the emotions just overcame him, that's what I mean when I say, like, the pinnacle to this point. You could tell how much that fight meant to him. So just shout out, Rambo. Good shit, boy. Yep big episode when he comes on here in a couple of weeks but speaking of big episodes we got a big 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 if, episode if only he was coming on in a couple of weeks but I yeah, that's that's jaleel and eric speaking oh, of big guys bad. i mean i don't know if they're champs or not but we'll see hey we maybe we can get them i heard our producer's pretty good at that so we'll, we'll see rambo will come on dude that dude is as cool as ice he will come on whenever he wants. as a matter of fact i missed his first episode i need to have him on yeah let's do it but, man, speaking of big episodes, we got a huge episode next week. We're talking Memphis soccer. And, Jim, 
I got to give you the floor, man. You you've been hyping Memphis soccer, and I think I got to say it, man. I think they are the best sports program at the University of Memphis, and probably have been for for some time now. Yeah, man, and. <laughs> Let me tell you what was really cool, guys. Um, I was getting messages from people um, I know all around the country. So, like, just to use a, an example, um, Rodney Beloso, um, you know, Kay Beloso's dad, his his brother Keith Beloso has a daughter my age who plays club soccer. They're really into soccer. They watched the game. Said it was the best game that they had watched all year. And as a matter of fact, they had watched a game earlier that day because the tournament had been going on all day. And then they watched the game afterward. It was Northwestern and somebody or whatever – and they talked about how both games were absolutely boring compared to the Memphis-Arkansas game. Um, Memphis-Arkansas put on an absolute show. You know, Daniel, you talk about, you know, rightfully so, soccer can be boring. But when you get a 3-3 game, a lot of goals scored, um, you know, it goes to double overtime. You got girls. I mean, Grace had been sprinting all game. It, it was in double overtime. You could just see it. Taylor, you mentioned it. She's just gas, man. It's 110 minutes. Never came out the game. Um, you got B. Franklin, our guest. Dude, back out on the field with stitches. What a damn warrior. Like, these girls were all on the line. And I know you hated the way it ended with PKs. Um, yeah, not, the, not a fan. But the save, admit, though. The save by the Arkansas goalkeeper. I mean, if you're going to – even though it went the wrong way for us, was I mean, was that not worthy of, like – a beautiful ending. Like she actually fully extended, guessed the right direction because that's what a PK is all about. You really, you're, it's a guessing game. You got to guess the right direction. And even if you guess, you got to get out there and be able to stop it. And she made a beautiful save, but I thought Memphis was going to win. They dominated possession the second half and all of overtime. Um, and, but I have to, I have to credit their resiliency, Daniel. They were down two nothing in the first half. And I thought, Arkansas is just a better team. And they came back and tied it 2-2. And then Arkansas, with 11 minutes left in regulation, goes up 3-2. And I thought, damn, they're done. No. Memphis, with two minutes and 12 seconds left, scores again. Just would not go away. And, uh, man, and to, and to have Gray score a goal, too, you know, back-to-back games, a girl who is traditionally played defense, they moved her up to midfield. Um, It was just really good. And, you know, something that I told you, I messaged you about, and and, and I'll end with this. Other than the fact that Memphis reached new heights with the Sweet 16, um, Brooks Monaghan and everything he's done with that program, and and Randy's mentioned that, you know, hopefully with uh, 901 FC getting, you know, possibly a stadium that would benefit um, the Memphis uh, soccer program as well. Um, He's just done such a good job, and they're only going up and it's just, um, I mean, they're a big deal. And I really thought the the storyline that got lost was Eliza Fletcher. She, uh, you know, obviously was brutally murdered. And she was a player for the University of Memphis um, just, you know, a decade ago for Brooks Monaghan. And they had said at the time it kind of got lost um, that they were playing the season for her. And when you see them reaching new heights and what they were doing, I believe she was there, and I believe she was with them. That's why I was really surprised that the run ended. I could have seen a magical run winning it all and doing it for her. But that team, they they played for her. They played for the city. And like you said, it's a program that is, you know, probably under the radar. And hopefully, you know, I've seen a lot of people tweeting about it. And um, hopefully next year, um, a lot of fans will be out in them stands really recognizing those girls because a lot of them are coming back, and that team is going to be hungry, Grace being one of them. 
a you know it's it makes it makes monahan's job that much easier when you can get more out of less but now when you have the ability to get more because you're just that good like i think this is a train that's going to keep rolling and getting better and better and you know I would say like this is kind of just the start of where they, you know, potentially could go with the soccer program. Yeah, I mean, last if you look last year in the tournament, they they knocked off LSU in the first round. I was obviously there for LSU was the higher ranked team. And then this year they knock off a two-seeded um St. Louis team. They 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 knock off a higher ranked Mississippi State team, which was the seven seed, and then they take Arkansas who in two seasons, Daniel, has not lost on their home field. They they won like 18 straight and took them to PKs. I mean, Memphis is the real deal. And so um, I look forward to talking. Um, Grace uh, said, she said, who do you want me to bring? And I said, bring, bring whoever, bring them all. I don't care. Make it fun. And she said, all right, I'm down. So I don't, I don't even know who we got coming, guys. But Grace alone is enough. But her bringing whoever will just make it that much more fun. Hey, it'll be a party for sure. But guys, we we got to talk football, college football. We got Peckhams. We we got we got to talk all kinds of stuff, man. Randy, I I think this is going to be pretty short and sweet. But give us a, a Tennessee recap. Oh man, not one we saw coming on a day that was pretty weird across college football. You go to Columbia, hostile atmosphere. Um, I think it's underrated, you know, the sandstorms all every I've noticed that, you know, I had a, a good friend of mine that was the associate athletic director at South Carolina. And of course he was right. Of course, that would be the team. So I got to hear about it firsthand. But um, they just got punched in the mouth by a team that wasn't scared of them. You know, I thought that the comments made today by the Tennessee players was that they w- didn't execute and they can expected South Carolina to lay down. Um, you know, said it all. And Spencer Rattler looked like the Spencer Rattler we saw his freshman year at Oklahoma. Uh, they were they were dimes. I mean, the guy played out of his mind. And uh, the worst part wasn't even the loss. The worst part is that Hendon Hooker goes down. Obviously, non-contact injury looked horrible from the start. Um, ends up tearing his ACL. So a season's over with. And a guy that really has rejuvenated Tennessee along with Josh Heupel. And, you know, this is a guy that committed to Justin Fuente at Virginia Tech, got some playing time. That ended really poorly um, after he caught COVID, the sour relationship with Justin Fuente. Transfers to Tennessee. Coach gets fired immediately. He sticks on after they hire Josh Heupel. Says, I want to be the starting quarterback. And guess what, DB? He don't even win the job. Joe Milton wins the job. And the only reason that Hendon Hooker ends up starting was because Joe Milton got hurt. And then Hendon obviously goes on this incredible run, and uh, to see it end like that really just broke my heart for him. And, you know, we've seen a lot of players get hurt, and obviously we don't want to see anybody get hurt. Uh, But to see a guy that's done everything the right way, that's fought the adversity, that's done all what he's done, uh, that that hurt a little bit more, man. It was – my my heart goes out to him, and I hope that we see him at the next level. And and a side note on that, Randy, what hurts even more is, you know – we know that I – I don't understand the hate for Tennessee, like as if y'all have done something wrong. But the amount of – you know, we talk about how nasty Twitter is. The amount of people that said negative things and, and you know, saying Tennessee fans deserve this. You know, first of all, Hendon Hooker and Tennessee fans have nothing to do. They're not one and the same. So to talk about a kid's injury is because you don't like a fan base. But I don't think 
that Tennessee fans have done anything wrong this year. They were excited about a season. When we talk about it, you you have been the most realist fan, regardless of that South Carolina loss. You beat Alabama. You beat Florida. You freaking kicked the teeth in on Kentucky and LSU, and you're nine and two. You'll take it all day, every day, every season. You know, no doubt, it has been a great season, no matter what. But to celebrate the injury of a player is just it's sickening, man. Yeah, I agree. Saw a lot of that. Uh, even the South Carolina fans, you know, screaming "F Tennessee" as Hendon Hooker lays there. It was, it was. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna blame the whole fan base or a whole group of people because of that, but. I just think we got to we got to be better, you know, as a as a human race, because to hear that as, you know, his parents are in the stands and to hear, you know, F Tennessee as their kids laying there seeing his dreams fade away. I mean, I just think sometimes we lose track of that. They're well, humans I, and their kids. I've, I've learned, though, that I think your fan base is unfairly judged for being passionate. I wish other fan bases were as passionate as Tennessee fan bases. Because y'all got excited about a great year and y'all's expectation levels got high, y'all became arrogant. And then, you know, they even tied it into baseball. I'm mean, not, and I'm not talking about South Carolina. I'm talking about fan SEC. I seen the hall all over. And they were like, they were overrated and arrogant, just like baseball was. And it was like, first of all, baseball was never overrated. And it's not the same thing. And Tennessee had every reason, you know, even LSU, my, my fan base, they're talking about that's what y'all get for comparing them to 2019 LSU. Come on, man. Like, that's unnecessary shit to say. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, the, the good news is is we're on the, the last weekend of the season, and they can kind of start figuring out the bowl and start figuring well, out. Well, I don't know. They're playing the hottest team in the SEC, bro. I mean, they, they should they should win. Randy. Randy. Uh, Vanderbilt. You always yeah. own them. They are a joke. 99.99% of the time, but they have won two in a row and you just lost your quarterback. Are you nervous even a little bit? I'm not, I'm not nervous because of Vanderbilt. I'm nervous because of all of the divide that you hear in the locker room. If any of that is true, uh, I don't think the talent matters. Do I, is Tennessee even right now, a hundred times more talented than Vanderbilt? Absolutely. But, you know, if your mind's not in it, man, we saw it. South Carolina's not as talented as Tennessee, and they went out there and mollywopped them, put 606 yards up on Tennessee. So a defense, everybody talks about how the defense has been so bad. The defense has been porous. The defense has not been that bad. They they were, you know, second in the SEC or third in the SEC against the run. They were, you know, seventh against the pass. So they weren't like this epically bad defense. So something, something happened more than just I know, don't the scheme. I don't regret anything I said about Tennessee being the best team when I thought they were. And then even after they lost Georgia, I said they were still a top four team. I, I really believed in everything I said. I could have never seen what happened with South Carolina coming in. I, and I made this post on Facebook. What made me the most sick was watching the teams above them survive. Oh, yeah. And, and they're not even very good. And then Tennessee to be in the team of all the teams to take the L. And then to see Ala, to make all this even worse, Alabama has two losses, including one to Tennessee. And they're one spot ahead of Tennessee. It's just kicking the teeth. <laughs> well, LSU, Jim, obviously big win over UAB, a game that they should, you know, really just roll through and just kind of fine-tune some things into their last, you know, regular season game against AM. But anything special or noteworthy 
from that game or you're just you know happy they played well were able to win and now they can really focus on this this last little piece because their their destiny is is they're in the greatest spot because their destiny is in their own hands yeah absolutely um this week uh you know they did what they needed to do they got through the reps they uh they survived any any key injuries took care of business did what they needed to do i think really the the main excitement of the game was really just Harold Perkins again, just kind of being all over the field. Offensively, they actually uh just they ran the ball. They let all the running backs get a bunch of touchdowns. Um, it was really easy money. Um, but I mean the defense would be what you'd focus on because UAB averages 237 rush yards a game. We held them to like 60. So, like, even though it's not they're not an SEC team, that's always a good stat. So defense looked good. Um, you got Texas AM on deck. Um, I mean, they're they're in such shambles, like you don't overlook any team, but I mean, I think it would have to take the biggest catastrophe for them to lose that game. So um, I think they showed with UAB, they're staying the course. And like you said, uh, fates in their own hands. And um, next week they just need to, you know, work on anything uh, that they need to fine tune, hopefully stay free from injury and, and, and get ready for Georgia, which is going to be the ultimate competition. Absolutely. Um, when I look back on the week and I look at Memphis football, um, Obviously, you know, senior day, uh, big day, um, guys like Quindell Johnson. When I didn't know Quindell, this was his second senior day. He did senior day last year and then decided he wanted to come back, so he got two. Uh, he had a pick in the game, but really, I mean, it was a, a, a day where Danton Bartos, number 59, was, was retired as, as it should have been. Um, it was a memorial for him, a memorial for seniors, and it was fitting that we scored 59 points, um, you know, in the game. So I think that's something that will always be remembered. Um, but the biggest, you know, takeaway, you know, from this is, you know, Memphis becomes bowl eligible for the ninth time in a row. Um, the longest streak for any non-Power 5 school. And it's, uh, it's, it's a big deal as far as, you know, where we're going to be for the future, whether Ryan Silverfield is the coach or he's not, I think this was a step in the right direction for him to continue being the coach. Um, whether people, myself included, want to agree with that or not. I mean, the guys played well. Hennigan was good. Um, you know, he he was 14 of 24. He had a touchdown pass, but really it, it was about the rushing, man. Which is all you've asked yards. for for how long? for all season man i i mean they they were able you know ducker finally gets in the zone asa martin with another two touchdowns um you know they had five touchdowns rushing you know 246 yards um you know and it wasn't like they had these big plays i mean they had their longest play of 16 yards i mean it was you know you know four or five yards at a time that had a couple of, of 10 12 nine yard runs but it was just a lot of just them eating up the clock, pounding the ball down their throats, and and really doing doing what I would expect them to do to a North Alabama team that's one in ten. So maybe it was because D'Angelo was in the building. Possibly they wanted to show out. Which, which shout right out, there. you know that five k I run for uh, Chris Hope Foundation. Uh, not only did he receive award from University of Memphis football, um, he got it given to him by D'Angelo Williams, which I think is cool shit. Oh, for sure. Sure. But yeah, um, a, a good a good precursor into the final game against SMU, which 
you know, it's always a battle with those guys. They're coming off a loss um, to two lanes, so they're probably looking to to pick up a win, and you know, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, overall, a, a good week of football for Memphis. Um, well, let's not sugarcoat it, Daniel. You know, uh, Memphis. You know, because you talked about basketball. The the weekend at least no I mean not the week because they're a lot but you I I proposed a question to you and you know you almost got it when you include everything NFL which we're gonna get you got your football win you know you got your basketball win and you know even though Memphis soccer lost they made they made you proud and you actually tuned in so Memphis sports man hey it's a big weekend yeah when you asked me which one i would i rather have and you gave me all the options i said why do i gotta pick when i can have it all and you almost got it all damn did it almost not all happen but looking back at the games this past week smu and tulane jim you and i took smu we did not get points randy took tulane he got a point and and i hate that because i only took smu to be opposite randy i knew tulane would win that's no we're not gonna do that every time you made your picks yeah take your l's yep that's true illinois michigan uh jim you took the the fighting Illini. it almost paid off for you but uh randy and i took michigan we both get points baylor tcu you guys took the Bears. I took TCU. I get a point. USC, UCLA. Uh, Randy is the only guy that that took USC, so he he gets a point. Arkansas and Ole Miss. Mm, mm, what a beatdown that was, Jim. You get points. You took you took the Hogs. Uh, Utah and Oregon. Randy and I get points. We both took Oregon. Jim, you took Utah. You, so, said, you said it is what it is, but you said when I made my picks by going opposite Randy, it could really backfire, and it really freaking backfired. Well, this is how much it backfired. You got one point this week, which gives you a grand total of 34 for college picks. Randy got a blistering four right. He's up to 42 college picks. And I got three right, so I'm at 35. So in first place for college is Randy with 42. I'm sitting in second place with 35, and you're sitting in third with 35. You know, you know so. why I'm going to survive, Daniel, regardless of this pick Because my team's going to make the college football playoff, and his isn't. So it's all good. Well, yeah, okay. uh, that's it's coming from a guy who might be sitting here next week sad because his team lost to Texas A&M. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Woo. But that would be epic. Yeah. So, picks this week. You know, Jim, how are you feeling about this week? Are you are you, you going to go backwards? You're going to go different? No, I'm, gonna I'm just try- gonna, I'm gonna because it backfired so bad last week. I'm going to pick what I actually believe because I picked like three of those games. The only one that I actually picked in that I really felt like I believed, I actually got right. I told y'all Arkansas was going to beat Ole Miss, and I'll be damned. That ain't the only one I got right. All right, first game on the dock. Mississippi State, I'll go first. Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Jim. Little Rogers is going to eat that ass up. So you're going with Mississippi State. All right. Glad to know. Oh, shoot. Drop my pen. All right, here we go. Jim's taking Mississippi State. Randy, who you got? Ole Miss, easy. Ole Miss. I'm taking Ole Lane Miss. Lane Kiffin, one foot out the door. You take it, Ole Miss, huh? Yep. I think Mississippi State is not good, bro. Not good. Yeah. 
Not at all. Tulane, Cincinnati. Randy, who are you taking? I'm going to go with the Bearcats. Cincinnati. I will take. I'll take Cincinnati. I think they're. I actually just think they're better. That is team. awesome because I was actually going to take Tulane. So my first two picks are actually opposite Randy, and they were going to be who I picked. Wow. How about that? How North about Carolina State, UNC. Give me the Tar Heels. Yeah, same. Big bounce back. Yep. Jim, who you got? NC State. You're going to go down this road again, huh? <laughs> Michigan, Ohio State. Jim. Oh, you going to let me go first on this one, huh? Oh, shit. You know what? I think they both are overrated as hell watching them in the last couple weeks. Um, well, I'll go first. I'm going I'll, Ohio State. I'm the same. I'm going Ohio State. All right, so I just lied before we did these picks and said I wasn't I was gonna go Ohio State, but now that y'all are both going away, I just give me Michigan. I was once a fan, a big fan, a huge fan. Do you want to go first on this one? Oregon and Oregon State. Yes, Oregon State, because I know Randy's going to Oregon. You just you're just doing exactly what you said. No, you I think yeah. Oregon State's gonna win. That, that that what is that what is that rivalry called? Shit, I done forgot. Um the Battle of the Beaver Dam. No, it's actually a legit robbery. And Oregon State um, typically wins it when it's at home. I, I actually already saw this. All right. Randy, who are you taking and why the Ducks? Uh, I am going to go with the Ducks. No, he want to go Oregon State because he knows I'm right. There's Oregon yeah. State wins the series at home. The, um, numbers, the numbers aren't good, but I'm still going to go with the Ducks. I'm going, I'm going with the Ducks. Notre Dame, USC. Give me USC. Oh, Never yeah. Easy. Easy. Jim, who I, you got? I need the USC-LSU debate to end. Give me Notre Dame. And before you say anything, Daniel, the three times, the three times that I've taken Notre Dame this year, they have won, damn it, and you know it. Well, it's, it sure shows in your picks. So congratulations. Wow. They might, of my 34 that are right, there are four of them. Shit. Well, there we go. All right. College in the books. Let's move on. NFL. Jim, talk to me about the Saints. All right. So this is going to be simple, boys. The Saints aren't just some revived team. The Rams suck. Okay. Yeah, the Rams are terrible. The only thing that I will note is – that there is a statistic that they have shown of what happens when Taysom Hill gets a lot of snaps and when he doesn't. And very simply, Taysom Hill had his imprint on this game and played a lot of snaps, throwing the ball, running the ball, catching the ball. And they did very, very well. Jarvis Landry was back and he was healthy. It, it helped. He scored a touchdown. Um, I'll say this. Andy Dalton's stats, this is my only note, because they all it is is simply the Saints beat a worse team. They're probably fixing to get thrown by San Francisco. Andy Dalton's stats got to be the most flawed stats I've ever seen. He went 23 for 28 for like 270 yards and three touchdowns and had like an almost perfect passer rating. He took like six sacks because of his inability to know how to throw the ball away. And I feel like he was like trying to like protection, protect his complete. Cause at one point he had only had one incompletion and he took like three straight sacks. And I thought, is this dude like trying to purposely protect his completion percentage? Like it's what I felt like because his inability to throw the ball away. And so I say that to say that I'm still not sold on Andy Dalton. And with that, did you see Jameis Winston's quote? 
I did. What are your thoughts? Before I even say, you know, I'm not even going to get my thoughts. Randy, what are your thoughts on it? Please elaborate because I didn't see this quote. James said, go ahead. He said that he lost his job due to injury, and the policy has always been you don't lose your job based off injuries and that his what he says my heart was broken or my mm-hmm. my soul something like that and and look this is the nfl where you lose your job for whatever reason the coach tells you to but i don't think i think he has a point and it, it was obvious to me unless he's just a big actor that he had been told something by that coaching staff and they did not follow through with what they said and went a different direction and and Following the Saints social media, not not the Saints specifically, but the beat writers, it was always Winston was going to come back when he was healthy. So I think, Randy, to your point, I think he was told that. And and I think he is heartbroken that, that he isn't in there. Now, I don't care one way That's or the other. That's how you lose credibility as a coaching staff. Yeah, and so I don't care one way or the other because I don't think Jameis Winston nor Andy Dalton is taking you any further than where we're at. But it is wrong if you did tell that man that it's his job and then you didn't give it back to him. Or I do think that Jameis Winston is better than Andy Dalton. I do. Look, so let me ask you, when, what week, what game did Winston get hurt? That was like three, two or three. Yeah, it was like it? week three, I think. Against Carolina? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, where I think they went wrong, look, regardless of the Saints' victory this week, uh, I, I've had a I've had a talk at Buffalo Wild Wings with all the Saints fans in the bar back to back weeks. I told you about it last week. I'm talking about it this week. I I agree with them. Regardless of that win, it didn't change anything. We at the trade deadline should have offloaded some pieces and got something of significant value because the Saints really just need to tear it down. This team isn't going to do anything this year, and they're not going to do anything next year. Yeah, I going back to the whole Jameis Winston thing. I don't think no matter who the quarterback is, the games that you won and the games that you lost would have been the outcome would have been the same. Absolutely. I mean, you could argue you could argue that they overplayed against the Seahawks and and beat them, but I mean, I I think they're still Man, they should they should have beat Minnesota and Seattle or two teams you could argue. Yeah, and they maybe uh, even like I don't know the Cincinnati game they had in the bag and they played not to lose, but. I'll, I'll say this, Daniel. I know this. Dennis Allen, um, there's guys like Josh McDaniels. You can li- you can you can go down a list of guys who are great coordinators that are terrible head coaches. You look at his record at um with the Raiders and you look at his record with the Saints. I know this. Um he doesn't have control of that locker room. They're not looking very good. And then you got this Jameis Winston thing. Dennis Allen's not a head coach. Um, I would get rid of him and I'd tear this whole thing down. And and you know what? As sad as it'd be, I'm here for it. If it's a two, three, four-year rebuild, um, it's better than living in this world we're living in. Well, I love the world we're living in because in the world that we're living in, my uh, my team dominated the Vikings this week. You mean Justin and... Jefferson didn't hit you with the best catch? No, he didn't. He was pretty much non-existent. Three catches for 33 yards. He had five targets. Um, I mean, Dak was good. I mean, 22 of 25, his QBR was 93.3. Um, but you're, you're getting that Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott back, you know, those two guys getting after it, doing what they do. Um, you know, and really it was just a, a combination of a, just a lot of things that, they did well, but starting I think with more, the opening drive, Micah Parsons, bro. Yeah. I, 
I mean, that's what I was leading into, man. I, I just really think what it is is that the defense is just really good, like exceptionally good. And I know that historically the Cowboys usually play the Vikings really well. Um, but I they they exceeded all expectations. I I I have it's it's great outlook going into a Thanksgiving game where historically over the past few years they haven't been as good. So having the Giants on Thanksgiving Day is going to be a good one. It's going to be a game they need to win. It would be nice to beat the Giants twice this season and, and, and keep them a game back of us in the division. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Dan, Daniel, but, I'll tell you this, because, you know, obviously in our group text, me and Randy were talking about the Niners. Um, I, I Nothing's ever changed on my thought on on – NFL football. I think defense and running the ball wins championships. Um, we've seen it so many times. And there are two teams in the NFC that do that really well, and that is Dallas and San Francisco. So the Eagles and the Vikings can sport the record they have. If I'm to say right now, I, I'll put it on here. It's the Cowboys or the 49ers representing the NFC. I really believe that. Hey, I'm right there with you. But Flashback to 1995. Yeah. Put my starter jacket on and be ready to go. Man. Recap. Randy, your turn. Colts, go. Oh, man, this is a tough one. You know, the Colts have played uh, two, the two best teams in the league record-wise. Uh, they played the Chiefs and mucked up the game, got a dub, and, and the Eagles had them down. 14 points in the it, late in the third, man, and and really just didn't come through for the Cowboys. That's what happened. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, these these MFers are gonna are gonna beat the Eagles. All right, go ahead. Saturday on a Sunday. So let's Ra go. Randy, let me ask you on that Jalen Hurts touchdown. Was that a brilliant play call by the Eagles or was that a botch by the Colts defense? Well, I mean, if you listen, it wasn't even a play call by them. He was, it was a, it was a design pass. Was it? Because as, I mean, they spread it, they spread it the yeah. offense out and then it oh, was wide open. The rest great read. I think he has that ability every, you know, every play, right? I mean, it's, he can do what he wants to do. But when was the last time you seen for any team, for any guy? I mean, a whole part like that. I mean, Jesus, me or you could have made that play. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, you know, the Eagles, you got to give them credit because we talked about it in the NFL. Uh, is there, are they as good as their record? I mean, yeah, because that's what you are. You are as good as your record. You're as bad as your record. So the Eagles to me are a really good team and they are, uh, saw it in the game yesterday. They're top five in rushing their top three in total offense, their top five in defense. I mean, they're, they're right there. I mean, if you, they're, they're ahead of the Cowboys in rushing, nobody would actually say that, but they are. But, but would you say, okay, so would you say this though? You're giving, mean, you're, you're giving them their props, but would you say that game was more about the Colts not putting them away or the Eagles being resilient? Because I feel like it was the Colts not putting them away. I mean, not – I mean, I think that you could say that about any game, really. Is it – I mean, they get, they were up big. Well, I'm going to say up big. Two, I don't know if two touchdowns is big. But the they Colts, were the better team, and I felt like, man, they, they should have put them away. They were so much better than them all game. Well, I'm gonna. I saw. I don't really know because this is what happened. So as we're up to to, to go up to touch two scores, AJ Brown fumbles the ball. AJ Brown's fumbled the ball like twice in his career. So I thought that the Eagles were they were 
moving the ball a lot. They outgained the Colts by double all game long. They just couldn't punch it in the end zone. So I kind of felt like that the Colts were a little bit on the ropes the whole time, and there was a bend, don't break. But they weren't getting enough pressure on Hurts to make him uncomfortable. They were getting enough pressure on him to make him roll out and extend plays. So I don't know, man. I, I don't understand what Nick Serenato or whatever his name is. They they win the game, and he jumps up on the bench and starts trash-talking the Colts fans. Like, I don't, I don't understand what was going on. So uh, I think he's got that team believing, and I think that Hertz has got them. He's a he's a leader among men as well. You got old Big Kelsey over there doing his thing. I mean, that team they're, they're dangerous. That division is is deep. That's fine. I look forward to Mike and Parsons absolutely destroying Jalen Hurts. I mean, we've seen that matchup before, and he didn't do that. I mean, Micah Parsons Man, is awesome, but the uh, they were also line, missing. They were also missing Dak Prescott in that game. I don't care. They weren't missing Micah Parsons. You said Micah Parsons was going to kill Jalen Hurts. I'm just saying you need a good offense to go along with your defense. Uh, well, I mean, what was their record with Cooper Rush? They only lost a game. Right. That's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, they're. they're I think that good. team would be good regardless. Yeah. And I think they proved that. Me too. Me too. I'm right there with you. But pick them. Let's get to the games. Let's get, get to the good stuff. All right, so we started off with the Titans at the Packers. And you guys know me. I'm not picking Aaron Rodgers for anything. So I didn't. And guess what? Paid off. Boom. Titans beat the Packers. You guys took the Packers. I took the Titans. I get a dope. Trash. Rams, Saints. Jim tries to hedge his bet. He takes Rams. Randy and I are methodical and we go you know the rams are terrible so we pick the saints we get a point eagles colts jim takes the colts just doing jim things randy and i think about it we go no the eagles are gonna win uh so we get a point cowboys vikings jim came to his senses he picked the boys i picked the boys randy took the vikings jim you and i got points chiefs chargers jim was skewed at what Randy thought he was going to pick. And Jim went Chargers, but Randy goes Chiefs. He didn't even believe in his boy enough to pick the Chargers, which it paid off. Chiefs Ooh, win. It almost didn't. Yeah. But him and I, you and I both get points for the Chiefs. And then Cardinals 49ers tonight. Uh, Jim took the Cardinals. Randy and I took the 49ers. <laughs> Randy was, gets that was a, a point. ridiculous pick. I get a point. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. Right, does so, college and NFL not just mirror each other? I tried to go opposite you, and it really did not work this week. Yeah, um, I think we tried to tell you that's how it was going to go down, but you didn't believe us. Anyhow, so this week, Jim, you got. Oh, which hey, can I bring up something? I almost forgot. Cool. I haven't brought it up in group days. Um, I had a seven-leg parlay um, for Sunday, and uh, I got six out of seven, which seems to always be the theme. I always get one wrong. And I just want to tell you, Randy, um, fuck the Colts and the Eagles because the only one I didn't get was the over-under for the Colts-Eagles because I went with the over, and y'all teams didn't score. Hold up, hold up. So did you have another parlay on Saturday? Yeah, my Saturday parlay went fucking terrible. The only one I got right was the Tennessee-South Carolina over. But NBA, I did an NBA one on Friday, and I went five out of six, which pissed me off. The college went terrible Saturday, and then I go six out of seven on NFL, and the only one I didn't get was, y'all just had to go over 41, and y'all had 33. Y'all suck. 
That's true. Wow. That's that's harsh words. But Jim, you got one point for, for the for best NFL point ever. Food. Yep. So Randy, you got four points, but your boy got all six. That's twice this year. I got all six correct. How about that, man? That's so that's, that's cute. That is cute. So when it comes to professional and NFL picks, Jim, you're in third with 28. Randy, I have now pulled to a tie in professional football. We're both at 37, bro. But total, when you take college, you take NFL, you add them together. Randy, you're in first with 79 points. I'm in second with 72 points. Jim, you're in third with 62 points. So, uh, it's Jim, you got a long way to go, man. So, you're going to have to make some moves. I don't even care. You, you don't care, but you should. You should really care because this is a new week, and this could be a, a, a new you, man. A new you for sure. So, let's get to it. Games this week. Giants, Cowboys. You already know. Give me the Cowboys. Bandy, who you got? Give me the boys. Jim, who you got? Cowboys. Wow. Well, I thought you were going to go Giants there, but no. Jim, Saints 49ers. You've been talking highly about the 49ers, but are you going to hedge your bets this week? I, I, mean, I mean, in theory, I'm hedging my bet. I'm picking the 49ers. I think they'll win, and if I get it right, cool. If not, the Saints won. Randy, you going 49ers? Man, you know I'm going with my boy Jimmy G. Yep, give me the 49ers as well. Bengals, Titans. Randy, who are you taking? I am going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Jim, who are you taking? The Jamarless Chase Cincinnati No, Bengals. they will not be Jamarless Chase. They've been better without him. Did you see that stat yesterday? They're two and one. Can't Did you see that stat? Close. Did you see Joe Burrow's stats in the last since he's been out? They jumped up over 100 yards a game. What in the world? Make it make sense to me. How do you miss your best receiver and go up like that? I mean, it, I actually it, got a simple answer. They they started running the ball and then checking down. Yeah, one yeah, of the passing yards have gone up. One of the games, the running back had a career day. P. Ryan, yesterday, me and Daniel talked about it. Nobody owns P. Ryan in fantasy. Dude got like 150 receiving yards out of the running back position. Stud. So, Jim, who are you taking? Bengals, Titans. I'm I'm really pissed that he didn't take the Titans, even though he'll never take them. Uh, never in my life. Fuck. Uh. Randy, would you give the Titans this? Like they're doing a lot with not a lot. Like, yeah, I will because I think that that's what they are—a a mediocre, poverty-ass franchise. That's seven and three. Trash. Trash. Man, I'm going Bengals, and it sucks because me and Randy are have the same picks all the way down, and it pisses me off. Oh, man. I think, I think I'm think i going to go Cincinnati, too. Uh, Falcons. Not a lot of separation here. Yeah, Falcons, Commanders. Ugh. What a trash. Sneak, no, sneaky game. good game. Both these teams have good records and have winning games. You better put some respect on the commanders. Yeah, they do. I mean, I'm gonna I'm going with the uh Heineke and the commanders. 
I'm gonna go Commanders too. Even Heine- though- Heineke's got the Commanders fucking rolling, bro. They are playing really good. You you got no respect on them. They're six and five. As a matter of fact, everybody in the NFC East is over five hundred, and then Atlanta is at five hundred. So I mean, these are not bad teams. All right. Well, who are you taking? Commanders or Falcons? Oh, well, I'm taking the Commanders, and I hate that y'all both took them. Because I need the Falcons to lose. Chargers, Cardinals. Jim, you already know what it is. Who are you taking, Jim? I got to go separate than him one time. Let's just hope Kyler Murray's back because DeAndre Hopkins is the man. It don't matter. It You're going cards. Go Randy, I'm going Chargers. Are you going Chargers? You know I am, boo-boo. Chargers might not even make the damn playoffs. Dealers, Colts. Randy, who you got? Man, this one is really tough. I uh, thought that the, the Steelers actually looked a lot better uh, against the Bengals. I mean, uh, man, is this game? Is this? Is this? Uh, where's it at? I think it's Colts, Indianapolis. Oh, give me Jeff Saturday in the Indianapolis Colts, baby. Two and one. Sign him up. Jim, who you taking? Colts. I got uh, one game I can maybe gain. One game. You know. Hmm. Daniel, play it safe. You've done tied them. Don't throw away unnecessarily. Yeah, but wouldn't it be funny if I took the lead against his team? It would be. Would that be funny? <laughs> that would be funny. I, I don't think either one of these teams, like, are like gonna burn the house down, but they have been playing better. And I said this to Randy that I think the Colts just have a different feel to them with all these changes. So I I'm not gonna rock the boat. I'm gonna go Colts too, even though I, I could see a world where the Steelers win. So but very low key on my part with my picks this week. But, hey. Playing it safe. Playing it safe. But eventually, I'll I'll have to step out of that at some point. All right. Last call. Let's do it. Randy, got anything? I got nothing, man. Great job, men. Yep. Good episode. Jim, last call. What you got, bro? Uh, Nothing. I'm just thrown off that you texted me today because you were watching men's World Cup soccer. That's what I got. You know, I am I am about my country. I'm a very patriotic person, and you know, I, I don't I don't hate soccer. I just don't like many aspects of it. And and the aspect that you got today by watching it when I wasn't even watching it was you got a tie. A tie, <laughs> uh, flipping tie, and and I I can't even tell you why the U.S. had a penalty, but I, it it was a penalty, and obviously it was like a blatant penalty, um, and I couldn't really see it. But Jim, how, why do these guys follow the ground all the time? Nine Jim. minutes of stoppage time, and then I was like, that seems like a shit ton of stoppage time 
then I got to thinking, well, there was a guys on the ground a whole lot in the ball. Like that's why I tell you the difference between men's soccer and women's soccer. Men flop, whereas women bounce back up tough as this. I'll give it to you this way. There was a stat last World Cup. The best player in the world, Ronaldo from Brazil, had the most they actually did a stat track on this. He had the most minutes laid on the ground throughout the entire World Cup. I don't know if you can name somebody to be the best player if they lay on the ground all that time. I mean, that that's just ridiculous. And then they were saying, like, the game before, I guess it was England or somebody, had played, and there was, like, 30 minutes of stoppage time. And then I think it was both halves, but 30 minutes. What in the hell the, is the, going on? The good news is, I'll end with this, Daniel. You're bailed out because USA's next game is against England on Sunday during NFL football. So there's not a chance on God's green earth that you're going to be watching soccer. Um, I thought it's on Friday. I thought they said Sunday. Okay, well, never no, mind. It's on Friday. Retract it back. Yeah, it's on Friday. It looks like I'm the new soccer expert. Um, no, I, I was probably just thinking of my team. My team plays on Wednesday and Sunday. Germany, baby, taking it all. You know, I. You, there's nothing in you that wants the U.S. to do well. No. Um, my grandparents raised me to uh, love German soccer, and I'm sticking with it. That's fine, but you live in America. Like, have, you fought for our damn country. I didn't see you fighting for a Germany. A literal fucking soldier. soldier. <laughs> you know what? Now, I for all, US all this, now all this bullshit about LSU fan, Mississippi State fan, tickets to Old Mess. And, you know, I, I, it all makes sense now. You're just confused. I got it. I got it. It's fine. Hey, I will always root for the U.S. women, and Alex Morgan um, can hang out anytime. I said That's that just, on air, and I have no shame. That's just silly. But... All right, guys, another great episode. I want to thank our guest, Cody Adcock, Hunter Holland, for joining us. Big things, Arkansas baseball. It's going to be a wild, wild time in the SEC, man. But if you like hearing their story or you like hearing us average Joe's talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, likes, loves, hugs, all that's always welcome. We'll see everybody back next week. we got episode 31 coming at you where we got Memphis women's soccer. We got Grace Storty and... Who knows who she's going to bring, but anytime she's been on, it's been a party. I can't wait, guys. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We out.